Welcome, Bondheads. I assume that's uh, all who's left. <laughs> and this is the third and final episode of Hot Button Series on GoldenEye 007, the thrilling conclusion. I'm Randall Beatrice. In the room with me again, of course, is Austin Blakesley. Hello. And Matthew Nudeboom. Hey there. And uh, uh, Oh, wait. What? Uh, never mind. I was going to make a James Bond joke, but I haven't seen enough of the movies to make one. <laughs> Well, too bad for you, because cold opens are for chumps today. There's a lot left to cover. All right. Um, Previously on our show, development was done, and we are ramping up for the game's official drop to the world, ready for its unforeseen as well as explosive success. But what about the team? What did they do next now that their hard work was completed? Easy. They slept. They slept, yeah. (laughs) Uh, yeah. Got some much-needed fucking uh, R&R, while certification and manufacturing did their parts. Um, After recovering... They'd breathe a sigh of relief and await reviews. That said, GoldenEye would hit stores on August 23rd, 1997 in Japan, with its American and European release scheduled two days later. It uh, it retailed for $69.95. Seems familiar, I guess. That's, uh, <laughs> $69.95, really? Mm-hmm. It retailed for $70? bucks. Mm-hmm. yeah back in those days, they didn't have a set price. I mean, Final Fantasy III on the SNES was $80, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Star Fox was probably a hundred with the Rumble. The Xbox, the the standardization of like the fifty dollar price tag was like a that started with the PS2, GameCube, and Xbox. PS2, GameCube, Xbox, and then it became sixty with three sixty, and then yeah, each generation seventy now. Yeah, no, that does remind me of all those old game ads where it's just like this one's forty, this one's eighty. Yes, exactly. It was all over the map, which was really crazy when something like an Alien Hominid or Katamari Damacy would come out, and it wasn't. Full price because that yeah. was like set by the console, like the, yeah, no. yeah. But also, it had to do with like PlayStation and Dreamcast kind of standardized it, yeah, a little bit because it has to do with manufacturing cartridges changes based on what's the board on yes, the board, whereas correct, a CD yeah. is all data and all the processing is done by the system. They had different size card, which the Switch has now. As yeah, well. but. Nintendo Zelda just price yeah. yeah, they just price anything. <laughs> Whatever. They'll, they'll come out with a new Animal Crossing, anyway. and it'll be like two hundred fifty dollars, and everybody will buy it, and then, <laughs> and then they'll take over the world, and everything will be cute, and I'll <laughs> shoot myself in the head, um, stab myself through the heart, c- commit seppuku with a master sword replica. <laughs> Um, this really is the 90s, isn't it? <laughs> uh, rewinding a week to the 19th, Daddy Nintendo would throw a bumping-ass launch party at Club Chaos in New York City. Uh, Mayday's Grace Jones was there, uh, nice. accompanied with Maud Adams, who played Octopussy. Cool. Um, Adams even gave it a spin. Uh, TV ads soon began to air with the commercials, intercutting clips from the film with gameplay footage um, behind its, uh, you know, its famous theme. Yeah. Pre-orders and early sales were slow, though. It also wasn't apparent that this would change either uh distribution lagged with the cartridge format then when the critic scores and rental numbers suddenly rose lob made the executive decision to mail copies to every blockbuster in the u.s along with the clause <laughs> that uh they could send them back after 60 days if they didn't want them this wouldn't happen yeah no. <laughs> and, uh, as according to the video software dealers association goldeneye occupied the number one spot for rentals over uh for over three fucking years yeah Wholly unheard of for the era. So also, I think uh, there was something noteworthy about the release date. It was like a, wasn't it like a post-Christmas release or something like that? It was like a couple, or it was like a- No, no, this was August. August. At first. We'll get into the the Christmas season. The Christmas stuff, yeah. So it's- um, Um, Also, you're going to throw a James Bond launch party in New York City? 
Come on, man. <laughs> I just thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, give London, London something, man. <laughs> also, did all the developers have to fly to New York City just to go to I a club? So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. You can't just host, it, just host it on the barn with a bunch of kegs. <laughs> yeah. Barn party. Yeah. Barn rare barn party. <laughs> um, so why was this? Uh, a hefty dose of media response and good old word of mouth. Uh, the demand spiked during that holiday season, yeah. Uh, shops kept selling out <laughs> with Toys R Us personally offering to fly 75,000 more units from Japan to the United States just so they'd be in stock for Christmas. Rare's excitement then gave way to frustration. Consumers were aching to spend money on their product, but now nobody could easily do that. Nintendo's initial print run was around 1 or 2 million, and they needed more. <laughs> the public was demanding more polygonal bond, damn it. Uh, by this stage, the majority of physical games would already be discounted in the bargain bin. Um, <laughs> GoldenEye's value didn't budge. Yeah. Eventually, restocks came through, and by mid-1998, the N64's MSRP was lowered from 150 to 130 I didn't remember that. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, Which I, only added to the, uh, the craze for the that's title. That's why I bought one. Yeah, was that I didn't get it till after uh, Goldeneye came out. I got because it, of the price drop. My birthday was close to Christmas, so I got it in December. Yeah, Pearl Harbor Day. Never forget. No, I'm not Pearl Harbor. I know, That's, but I'm not <laughs> trying to dox you. Uh, what, what, how much like is it worth for other strangers to know my birthday? Uh, social security number is. Hold on. No, I'm just <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's written on the back of your phone and on your T-shirt. Yeah, and that hat. <laughs> yeah, and I just walk around pushing people and then just show them the social security number. Um, in a bizarre uh, turn of events, their pride and joy had sold more in its second year than its first. Uh, controllers were flying off the shelves when the multiplayer was discovered. And uh, in 1999, it received its, quote, player's choice badge. Across the company's native UK, its numbers in 99 had surpassed both 98 and 97 combined. Yeah. <laughs> That is that you know that was the noteworthy thing in the year it launched, the sales were not high. It was not until the following year when mm -hmm. word of mouth spread that it that is when it started topping charts. I was about to say that that doesn't happen anymore, but I guess it it does with multiplayer stuff, not so much with single player. Multiplayer has the uh, it has the the blessing of uh, Realm Reborn releases. You know what yeah, I'm yeah. saying? So That's it's all like, service game. It doesn't get also it. a lot of those are free. Yeah. Mm. Um. By the time production had ceased, GoldenEye 007 had moved 8 million copies, earning $250 million in global revenue, doubling the movie's box office gross. It ended up placing third in the N64's total rankings, just under Super Mario and Mario Kart. While this might not seem as Those impressive... Those the first three N64 games I got. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> While this might not That's seem not as true. impressive in 2023 standards, it was an absolute phenomenon 26 years I ago. forgot. GoldenEye was the fourth game I got. The third was one the... was WWF No Mercy. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Yo. Game. Dig, 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 Cruising USA and Shadows of the Empire. That's, That's a very you list. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think my first three were Mario, Pilot Wing, 64, uh, and Mario Kart. That, out. We that was, And then the fourth one I remember, Blast Corps. Mm. Which yeah. was, uh, yeah, and uh, I don't That'll know, Goldeneye was somewhere in there. I forget what they were after. Yeah, my, I think Goldeneye was first wave for me. Yeah. Uh, to commend the crew, Rare gifted every one of its 12 credited members with I'm a special Q-issued <laughs> Omega Seamaster watch as seen in the mm. film and pause screen. And the rewards kept coming. The bonus royalties offered by the studio granted an additional 17 cents for every cart sold or around 13,600 pounds for each person. 
On the team? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but what about them reviews I hinted at? Edmonds was predicting a 7 out of 10 tops. <laughs> well, to take a gander at uh, Metacritic's 100-grade scale here, uh, it reads a 96. Um, that's right, fuckers. Uh, a, a mystical prestige shared with Bioshock 1, Uncharted 2, Resident Evil 4, Half-Life, and the Orange Box, Tekken 3, Mass Effect 2, Skyrim, Wind Waker, Gran Turismo uh, 1, uh, Metal Gear Solid 2, and Hot Button's 2022 Game of the Year winner, Elden Ring. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Essentially, every outlet garnered at a 9 or higher. Mm -hmm. IGN, EGM, Nintendo Power, former podcast subject Jeff Gersman gave it a 9.7 when he was at GameSpot. Uh, it truly overcame the rhetoric that licensed titles suck and that FPSs weren't for consoles. Yeah. Um, no, weren't, were for consoles, not just for PCs. Yeah, that's what yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, that Rare was just purely known for platformers. That, that was another common link. Yeah. yeah. And also, I think uh, uh, solidified the popularity of four player split screen. I think that oh, was. Oh, for sure. I think that's, it's like, it's, I think, you know, it wasn't the first to iterate on that, but like Mario Kart, we love playing that because you could play it four players on one screen. Yeah. Same thing with Goldeneye. Like, praise was directed at its engaging gameplay, range of weapons, gadgets, its uh, objective variety, detailed environments, realistic animations, uh, audio and musical score, controls, atmosphere, artificial intelligence, stealth mechanics, unlockable bonus content, memorable cheat codes, and multiplayer. Hold on a second. <laughs> well, the cheats were memorable, not the codes. You always needed to look those up. They were, like, insanely <laughs> Oh, long. no, yeah, that's what I, yeah. I think. <laughs> what stealth mechanics? Tons are we? We went over the whole thing in the last episode. They you ready here. Yeah, but I also played it <laughs> like a yeah, like oh. a Rambo. But the oh, you, they, I see. I didn't do that. They had all that whole AI system with silenced weapons and the, the alarms and no, the you're right. All yeah, that. yeah. They no, also, they you had, said that <laughs> if you shoot, it creates like a sphere of noise, and then if you shoot again. It creates a bigger one, and it keeps getting bigger to track. So you gotta wait yeah. between shots. You can fire. <laughs> you can fire pretty much a magnum, and then just wait, and then fire it again. They wouldn't hear it. So it's just like, but yeah, that was the whole. It was mm -hmm. basically take your time between shots, and you'll attract like. Yeah, no, I was just joking because I played that game like Rambo. <laughs> yeah, that's. A, I I always tr start, and then you're like, well, here we go, and then you just immediately. I didn't even yeah. think about it. I'm just like fire this guy, <laughs> and then everybody funnels into the room. You just stand there with I the KF7. I, I want to see that Bond movie where he's just like. Stone Cold, just like <laughs> um, back it's in. It's called John Wick. Yes, yes. Back in uh, Twycross, um, the team was utterly stunned. Yeah, they, they weren't invited to New York City. They just <laughs> <laughs> they were just sitting in. The, it's like, yeah, dude, you guys slept for a month. We had the launch party and everything. <laughs> oh, so tired. Uh, <laughs> journalist after journalist was showering them with compliments, and uh, to their surprise, Goldeneye would go on to win a slew of accolades, including the prestigious Interactive Entertainment Games Award at the BAFTAs, and this with four more coveted trophies from the Academy of Interactive arts and science uh, arts and sciences <laughs> arts and scientists um <laughs> where it was nominated against final fantasy 7 quake 2 resident evil 2 torok and riven the sequel to mist it later it later swept the nintendo power awards that were determined by reader vote-ins uh same with egm magazine um so the staff rightfully celebrated uh clearly the dues paid off and the creation they busted their asses on was resonating with fans you know the, the beyond that the whole public um 
What could have been perceived as an incoming massive flop instead became a permanent piece of industry history. Also, the best-selling rare game on this N64. Yeah. Which I mean, is yeah. still wild to me. I, the, the crazier thing was, uh, was it last week we were saying of the 10 best-selling... Six, yeah. Yeah, the uh, N64 games. I know. Yeah, six were rare. Six were rare, <laughs> yeah. and this was number one. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's still crazy. Like, it's yeah, number yeah. three overall. Kong racing, yeah. But it only got beat by Mario. Yeah. That's Mario right. Twice. If I was on that team, I would have went up to Project Dream Banjo Kazooie <laughs> and just like rub my ass on the glass and just been like Project Dream my ass. I think uh, I think we established the other four were Super Mario, Mario Kart, Ocarina of Time, and what's the what was the the fourth one? That the fourth best. Uh, pro- I think it was might have been Diddy Kong Racing. Okay. No, that's rare. Oh, oh, rare. oh, the non-Nintendo stuff. Yeah, sorry, sorry. he was saying what were the four that weren't rare? Oh gosh, uh. I think it was either Majora's Mask or Super Smash Brothers. It probably it was Smash. Yeah. Smash. It was yeah. Smash, yeah. 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 Uh, real quick, though, we have an interesting perspective to ask about before we continue. Uh-huh. Uh, it's obvious just how familiar me and Matt are with the uh, In the Outs of GoldenEye. Yeah. But one Austin Blakesley, despite yes. owning and playing the game a bunch as a kid, it came to our attention that you never actually had seen that campaign through to completion. No, I told you. So, predictably, we took it upon ourselves to amend that. So, now that you've formally seen it to credits, well, secret agent credits. Uh, oh, the, don't do that to me. I know. And this is on less than stellar Xbox emulation. Uh, what did you think in 2023 uh, of Rare's beloved first-person shooter classic? The, the single player. So No wrong answers, although we'll both fight you if you hated it. Okay. <laughs> so, there's... There's a tier list in my head we don't have to go over of shooter campaigns. Because mm-hmm. there's that's my favorite genre. It always will be. And it's a blast. Some of the most fun I've had, like Titanfall 2, Halo 1, Ooh. 2, and 3. Yeah. Like, I recently, this is a t- bit of a tangent, but I recently played through Black Mesa, which is the remake of Half-Life yes. 1, because yeah, I could yeah. never get through Half-Life 1. And Half-Life 2 is on that list. But Half-Life yeah. 1 is just like, it's too old. And so the reason I never went back to GoldenEye after a certain point, because I told you, I think I mentioned last episode, that I played a ton of GoldenEye, but only the multiplayer. Yeah. And I only I'm sure have, that was probably true to a lot of What's after, what's the level, it's damn facility and runway, right? Yeah. Are the first three? Yep. Those are the only three I ever made it to. I, I it, When it cuts to surface, that's when it gets more open. Usually the stopping point for a lot of people is Bunker 2 bunker because of two. The, the rise in, in I mean, you you got the Bunker 2 experience for sure. Yeah, yeah. so uh, that one, the snow one with the mm-hmm. satellite dish, yeah, yeah. that's the one you're talking about, surface? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the last level I played in the night. Wow. Like, and yeah. it wasn't like I hated no, it. No, no, of course not. It's just somebody came over my house yeah, and was like, like let's play multiplayer. Yeah, and I was like, like okay, okay, and then yeah. I stopped. Totally. Yeah. And after a certain point, I didn't go back to GoldenEye because I knew how beloved it was. And I, I feel like experience. I didn't have to go back and play Half-Life 1 because I was like, eh. Mm. I love Half-Life go- 1. It's good. I, I get it. Yeah, but yeah. it's hard to go back to. This was surprisingly yeah. not hard to go back <laughs> to until it very much was. <laughs> and there was only, you You know, you guys watched me control play Control. Yeah, 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 Control. And then the... Elisa's favorite level. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That level and then the... the their, I think it was emulation issues. There were a couple issues with yeah. the final boss that I oh, had, remember? Yeah. right. Oh, yeah. Yes. That was not present in the uh, yeah. OG. Yeah. Remember when I killed him and then he dropped a grenade uh-huh. and, I, and I died during that the was, final cutscene? Yes. Yeah. Do you know how many times I've 
eaten that level, that mm-hmm. is the first time I ever. <laughs> oh, saw also, that Matt fucked me. You remember that? Oh, what'd you I, do? I said, "Oh, yo, you got all the objectives." I beat, on bun- I beat control, but I missed the one objective. And when no, I bunker left the level, two. Or bunker two. Bunker yeah. two. Oh yeah, and you had to do it all over again. Yeah, it was the, uh, like the, you had to, the clipboard that. You, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I thought I forgot. <laughs> you opened the safe, and I'm like, "Oh, that's the staff list." And it's then it was safes. like, and it's like, oh, well. The, the casualty list is just sitting on the table in the That's one room, right. and I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> the red clipboard on the ground. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is what, yeah. Yeah, but the overall, uh, fantastic. Yeah, uh, it right. is. It warms my heart. The I talked about this a little bit in the last episode. The decision for the auto-aim thing is yeah. perfect, because obviously James Bond in the movies isn't Rambo running around with two machine no. guns. and but, like, but he is a crack shot. Yeah, and so just, like, walking into a room and just being, like, yeah. and killing, <laughs> so like, all satisfying. three people. Yeah, it's so yeah. satisfying, and and the difficulty... I wish we had more shooters that weren't so hyper-focused around precision. Yes, and the difficulty of the game is derived from the level layout and the objectives, not from the shooting itself. The yeah. shooting yeah. is almost an obstacle, which makes sense for James Bond. Yeah. Because it's about completing the mission, it's not about... Yeah, Killing. fighting no, your way really out. Well yeah. yeah, it it has issues. I won't. Not say a it's one. Per- no, it's I, not, I won't I'm say it's it. perfect. Uh, <laughs> the emulation also has even more issues yeah. of being shot through, through walls. walls. And we I would, watched that happen to you a few times. Mm-hmm. I got certainly happened to us. I gotta say, for the record, okay. I know you guys weren't a fan. The Switch version, many of those bugs that you ran into are yeah. not. They're se- they're in. separate problems, but I know the one that we are bitching about, like. Yeah. It was not found in that. I so I again to well, to you know to to reiterate this on the podcast. I I did not understand why people were complaining about some of the bugs until I saw you guys playing the three mm-hmm. the, the the Xbox version. I was like, oh yeah, no, this is because mm-hmm. the Switch version. Aside from the fact that yeah, there's no dual analog from it, and a couple yeah, of shoot and, with L. Yeah, shoot with L, and there's like you know there's some texture you know yeah. uh, mapping issues. Like it runs worse. It. Right. it and it's like, but beyond that, it functioned. It was fine. I didn't didn't have in. the golden eye gong in the song, so didn't have the golden eye zero out of ten. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, music great. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, the game, uh, that's evergreen. <laughs> it follows the movie so precisely, almost that yeah. it's wild that like even modern games that have tried. Like, even games that have tried to, like, adapt other media into a video game long after yeah. can't follow that. Yeah. And it's funny because you, you do see that happen. They're, mm-hmm. they're making a RoboCop game this year. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, you know what it is? I mean, I think that is the advantage of the fact that, like, them being able to visit the set and take photos of the set allowed them a lot to well it allowed them like i said it's like the objectives came after so it's like let us build the world this takes place in first down to the detail and then they did the objectives thing and it's just like that is like i think that made a huge difference i mean i don't know if like but i mean i see i know what you're saying with the with just like uh they did that because they wanted to do that it's it's like you know they didn't have to and it they did and a lot of games don't you play games that are like it, it's very funny because we've talked about this before. It's like you're the Golden Eye Wiz, and I'm the Halo Dang, Wiz. That's what my hat says. 
I mean, you keep making hat jokes or like that's what my yeah. socks. Like, so it's written on my underwear. To, you don't have to look anything up. You know exactly where the things oh, yeah. were when they oh, dropped. Yeah. 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 That's me with Halo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when I go back and watch, can't do math, but. somebody who hasn't played Halo One play Halo, you almost go, "Oh yeah, this is kind of obtuse." But yeah. like in my head, <laughs> yeah. Halo is just no. Like, you're like, this makes perfect sense. Follow the yeah. perfect line. I know exactly what to do. Yeah. And, and, and so when you play games without the guidance of somebody who knows it that well. There are a lot of old games, especially early 3D shooters, where you're just like, like Half-Life 1, where you're like, this is a great game, and I understand why it has the acclaim it does, but it hasn't aged particularly well, and there are definitely a lot of problems like that in GoldenEye. Some of the objectives are very obtuse. Yeah. I, th- I actually think, uh, and we'll we'll get to the, ge- the you know, but Perfect Dark I think takes that even oh, yeah. further. And uh, I I played Perfect Dark with Matt and Chris watching yeah. me, and like I never, I love it. To I death, never beat it because like, that game gets way fucking harder. I yeah. I so I only beat that because it was on it was on my backlog, and I sat through it, and it's like one, it does chug with with a call partner, but it is a lot more fun. Uh, you know, well, not anymore. Friend. Don't. Wait, oh, uh, what's With that it? delicious uh, HD remaster on? Oh yeah, yeah. And so, but yes, yeah. I never had the perfect dark like in my childhood. So when me and Randy went to go beat it later on, I can really? remember. Didn't? No, no, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't buy it till high school until I played it with you. Wow. And then do you you remember those I, you remember those levels where it's like we were just I guess like I forgot that was your first time yeah, yeah there was there were levels where we were running around being like where do we need to go uh, right yeah, now no, we were having a lot yeah, of trouble you're totally right yeah. yeah. But there were parts where I was very frustrated and there were parts I felt like I probably would have given up if I had sat down and played it by myself and you guys weren't there to like nudge me in the right direction. Yeah. But it is a shame because GoldenEye has this weird reputation where you ask any, I mean, it sold 8 million copies in an era where 8 million copies wasn't like the 8 million copies we have now. Yeah. Like that, that's extraordinary for an N64 game. I bought third best, but I just bought eight million copies of Resident Evil Four my, uh, my myself. Okay, I mean that <laughs> sold three million copies in two days. That came out recently. Yeah, um, <laughs> but like that's and that's now that's good. But like in the N sixty four days, three million copies oh, would yeah, be that's what, it was unheard of. astronomical. Yeah. and like eight million is even crazier. But there, it, it's a shame because it has the people on Goldeneye are divided into two camps, and it's like people who very fondly remember it but are, like, not going to break it out now. Mm-hmm. And if you break it out now, those are the people who, like, stuff like performance and controls doesn't really bother them all yeah. that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then you have the people who are, like, who, are, who are like us who play a lot of games. And so it's, like, the more game, more modern games you play, the harder older games go back to because uh, everything is iterative. Eh, the whole industry yeah, is based on it, iteration. No, it, it absolutely is in the same way that it's, like, you know, going back and watching... Uh, movies before they figured out how to like mix audio and stuff mm-hmm. but it's like i guess it's like for me it's and i mean to interrupt you but it's like we were discussing this a little earlier today where it's just like one of my least or maybe it's last night but one of my least favorite conversations is the like quote unquote does it hold up it's like everything is a product of its time yeah and it's that you, and you have to be like uh, like they built it in such a way you like because it made sense then like it's like you know yes but there is there isn't as there is a dividing line in my head where it's like some things can be really you have to recognize that that was really good at the time and we've gotten better at making that 
And then there are games where you're like, this was special then, and it's still special now because nobody's been able to recreate this. Yeah. And outside of Perfect Dark, I guess, because it's the same people. Yeah. And Time Splitters. And Time Splitters, because it's the same people. We stopped making that game. We stopped making that game. And uh, let me tell you, if you're in the camp where you're like, GoldenEye was really fun at the time, but it doesn't really hold up now, play it. Because it does. Like, it's one of, yeah, it's, it's one of the best shooter campaigns ever made yeah. i think not as good as halo one <laughs> and i will die on that hill uh, we know it's okay we know it's okay we weren't expecting you to, to, to you to get off it uh so where do we go now you're wondering while most stories would end here this one morphs into an entirely separate beast for the next two and a half fucking decades um see any other release of this magnitude would simply garner sequel after sequel to chase them dollars problem was everybody wanted a slice of that pie <laughs> so real quick we have we've now officially reached the uh in popular culture and legacy portion of the wikipedia page <laughs> yeah we're going into the <laughs> aftermath yeah <laughs> Not, you um so it's uh in that and that was except for rare uh they were gearing to move on uh, and mm-hmm. Nintendo did offer them the opportunity to try and recapture that lightning in a bottle uh, a second time for the then wrapping up 18th 007 entry, Tomorrow Never Dies. Yeah. The group even visited oh, yeah. the set again. However, as Doak summarized, they were, quote, bonded out. Yeah. <laughs> Understandable following all that crunch they went through. The property uh, did see a sort of spinoff in the midst of the crave in 1998 for the OG Game Boy. Um, this post a canceled racer meant for the failed virtual boy. Um, mm-hmm. check out our topic on that clusterfuck. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that, uh, that, this barely even broke into the mainstream. Uh, a handheld port would be dope though. Uh, this was an attempt at an original adventure, uh, simply called, it was just James Bond 007. Um, you know, so unique. Um, it was a top down action title developed by Sapphire, uh, a company based in Utah that later went on under Midway to give us Rampage World Tour, yeah. BioFreaks, yep. Cyber Tiger, the N64 port of Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six, and provide assistance on the StarCraft Brood War expansion with Blizzard. Oh, um, I did not. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, supposedly that. it was fine, um, but this didn't satisfy hungry GoldenEye fans out there who were itching for more, uh, you know. They wanted more golden eyes. Yeah, yeah. Nor, nor just, was this pleasing any hopes for a PS1 Dreamcast or PC edition. Just yeah. to specify, the game, James Bond game was fine, right? Don't say Brood War was just fine. No, no I was no. not talking about it, yeah. We don't want that smoke. <laughs> Brood War is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, no. I you not, just say, you just, I ain't talking smack on, on Brood War. You just, uh, like, you launch the episode. Chris just, just burst through the door like the Kool-Aid <laughs> man. <laughs> Dude, you, you launch that episode and be like, whoa, we got a lot of Twitter stuff. Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, so Rareware's upper management uh, respected the team's wishes of not returning to it. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing was that money was still on the table. Uh, and now the newly invigorated brand was worth more than ever. The cost of re-upping that license had skyrocketed by this point. Um, this is when Electronic, I still can't get in my locked fucking account arts, swooped in and acquired the rights to the valuable IP in an effort to capitalize on the magic. It's weird that they left all that out of the acronym. <laughs> I gotta say, I do love the logic in, uh, hey, wow, uh, this company really uh, made us a ton of money and made our series popular. Let's make it more expensive for them to do it twice. <laughs> well, it's like it's like we made you guys this popular. Our, our brand is more valuable. You got to pay more. It's like mm-hmm. it's like come on. Yeah, guys. that is yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, listen. 
I'm sure there. I'm sure there is a logic behind it, but just from a from a an outsider's perspective, right? But the the thing about that is that the the, the people who own the bond license don't care if the game is good; they just care if they make money off of it, and they make they care if it sells. Yeah. They make more money off of the license being expensive than yeah the game doing well. Uh, now I won't get too too bogged down with the other games here. Uh, ensure EA along with MGM Interactive. Hired uh, future devs of Fugitive Hunter, War on Terror, <laughs> um, uh. Black Ops Entertainment to make a third-person shooter no. exclusively for the PlayStation 1 based off the Tomorrow Never Dies movie. It was rushed to market by November of 99, taking a fraction of the time of GoldenEye to finish, an aspect that showed... Um, and they have dead ki- they had dev kits. Yeah. <laughs> it sold decent sales, but extremely subpar review scores. Um, everyone's favorite publisher would give it another world in 2000. This with two totally different adaptations of yeah. the world is not uh, My mind was blown when you yeah. showed me this. From two, uh, like, different studios. Yeah. And the uh, largely forgotten 007 Racing. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I never forget. The latter was uh, was by uh, Eutechnics, the guys responsible for Rydell Retribution, and the Big Mother Truckers franchise. Wow, we are <laughs> we're knocking it out of the park. Oh, yeah. also oh my some NASCAR god! Fugitive Hunter War on uh, yeah. Terror, Rydell Retribution. <laughs> wow, this is like a yeah, this is like a all the dingers. This is a yeah. reunion party of all the crap games that you guys <laughs> yeah. uh, have ever and, talked about. And again, uh, only uh, on the PS One, uh, 007 Racing. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, I rented it as a, as a young and um, and like I I was excited for that game. Um, but uh, the former's quality, however, ranged drastically depending on where you went. Yeah. Um, this actually happened again like years later with uh, with Gearbox's PC version of, of uh, 007 Nightfire. It was, like, oh, it was yeah. a whole different... Yeah, it yeah. was weird. We covered that, I think, in the... Yeah, because yeah, I had Nightfire for PC. Did you? And, I, and I was like, like... And I was like, it's not that good. And you're like, no, it's really good. And then I was like... <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> and then you showed me that they were different, and I was like, that explains yeah, everything. Yeah, I didn't know either. Yeah. Um, the World Is Not Enough, or Twine, for the sake of uh, brevity, Twine, yeah. did grant Black Ops another shot on the PlayStation. Uh, it didn't go great. Yeah. Although, on the N64 side, the developer at the helm was Eurocom. Yeah. Uh, the War Gobs, <laughs> War Gobs, the War Gods and MK4 folks that later have a close relationship with James Bond since their I was project say that- performed Far, far better. I was going to say that name will come up again. Oh, Eurocom, many times. Eurocom became like the go-to guys for mm-hmm. Bond after that. Man, uh, War God, uh, War Gods, that is a, a game I have not thought about <laughs> since like 98. You own that. I, was I, like, I own that. that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fairly sure my mom found it for us at like a bargain bin, like mm. a $10 game. And uh, yeah, it was... That's how I played Sub Zero anthologies. <laughs> that belongs and also underneath Quest sixty four and Superman sixty four. <laughs> Quest sixty four, the, the three best N sixty four games. Some might say that's you know what. <laughs> Finally, someone says it. <laughs> One of the few games I beat on N sixty four. Really, Superman sixty four. You're Wait, out of your mind. That no. game is impossible because it's so poorly made. That game is. Mm-hmm. You're lying to. You're lying. It's no. impossible. It's Someone great. If you it. get to the end, you actually get to walk around as Superman and just fly through rings. 
<laughs> oh, wow. Just like what I've always wanted to do in a video game about Superman. Walk. <laughs> <laughs> you can fly or punch. Can't do both at the same time. No, yeah. you cannot. Yeah. <laughs> you also have to get like tokens in order to use your laser vision or ice breath or whatever yeah, it was. It was great. Um, so each of these versions were first person feeling more golden eye, though both had their own campaigns and features. Yeah. Um, the, the 64 version sported multiplayer, higher fidelity graphics and sound, a smoother frame rate, enhanced controls, and ultimately became one of the most demanding examples of software for the system in terms of power. I was going to say, um, that game is impressive. Oh, yeah, yeah, and you could tell like who the budget went to here. Yeah. That This had fully voiced cutscenes, elaborate animation, even smacking us with loading screens yeah. in the process. I did play the PlayStation like on a non-CD platform. Oh. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember watching you it's playing sluggish. It. I remember watching you play it, and I was... Like gobsmacked. Yeah. I was like, I was like, when you told me no, the PS One version is different. I'm like, oh, and then you showed me. I was like, I was like, what? Like it's <laughs> it's it's practically. Yeah. The 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 only thing in that game that's a, a kind of all right that the N64 version doesn't have is that you actually play cards at the casino. That's like the old, like other. Otherwise, it is it's such a worse. Like, Sounds like a better <laughs> James Bond game to me. <laughs> I remember you played through the first level of that, and the first level of the N64 game. Is you need to escape from that? Uh, oh, the know, it's the bank, the yeah, bank, yeah. and you have to escape from. And not only that, but it's, it's a like really the, confusing, like first level to to make. So people, like, what I loved about that game is one, it did look beautiful, but two, it leaned even more into the like the spy aspect of it. Like you're not yeah. going. It's like you're gonna like you need to tap phones. Okay, when you your Motorola the, phone. Yeah, <laughs> it's on the pause menu. There's a lot of gadgets. There's a lot of missions, uh, you know. I mean, the fourth stealth level was nobody's favorite, but it's like it, I mean, it, like, it, was, it was different in that it's like you couldn't kill anyone. Golden, I never like. It had, you know, it was. That, but. It had a little bit of actually role playing Vaughn in the bank. If yeah. you just pull out your gun, you fail the mission immediately. There's a lot of ways to fail stuff in that. And there it's like, is, yeah. And it's like, it, oh, and heads up to anyone out there if you plan on playing this. Uh, make sure to go into the brightness first. Oh and, my uh, god, yeah. Bump it change, up a few. change the. We played that entire game, <laughs> yeah. and it was. Pitch black. Pitch black, and we finally got to the last level. We didn't want to quit because we were worried. We didn't have the memory pack, and we were worried that quitting the campaign would reset us. And then we're just yeah. like, it, we got to the, like, what, the sub-level, and it was so unplayable. We're like, we either stop here or we change it. And then we looked at it, and we're like, oh, my God, this is what the game's supposed to look like. Yeah. <laughs> I remember being blown away when you see the uh, reload animations on screen. Like, they're very, yeah, like, no. it's cool. I, the, the only thing is the some of the sound isn't great. Like the like the death cry sound like yeah. they're coming out of a like a I don't know like a tin can, but um and and, and it may be underrated, but it wasn't Goldeneye. Uh, it didn't have the speed, the charm, or the replayability. Um, regardless, it failed well enough uh, critically and commercially. Um, most importantly, it proved that our spy was here to stay in video games. Not only that, for a bit. Not only that, but that followed the events of the game almost down like to to a T. Like they were really recreating the scenes. Oh, the movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They even did like the skiing and the, the skiing. Boat and chase so it was and, like, yeah. it was very much like I I enjoyed it and I have good memories for what it was because it's helicopter like, saws. It was just, uh, you know, it. I feel like it was not trying to steal on GoldenEye's formula. It really kind of created its own. No, yeah. The, yeah it, it was, it, it did not seem like it was um, a shallow trend chasing of any yeah. kind. Like it was, yeah. they wanted to do their own thing. Yeah. Meanwhile, the guys at Rare were planning something way more ambitious for that uh, same year. 
a bloodier female-led sci-fi FPS, the likes of which could finally quench the thirst of the GoldenEye purists. I'm talking, of course, about Perfect Dark. Donkey Kong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, Conquer's Bad Fur Day. <laughs> Coated in a grittier... bloodstain, not shit stain. <laughs> Uh, All right, yeah, you're pulling that out for the... (laughs) Uh, Coated in a grittier cyberpunk aesthetic and fronted by a staff three times the size, Perfect Dark retained nearly all of the same minds who knocked it out of the park in 97 and now being more acquainted with the hardware, were able to push those little gray carts to the fucking limit (laughs) with the help of the patented expansion pack. You know, with the... It's just just P-A-K, there's no C. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, this title featured everything from co-op modes to I Game Boy integration <laughs> to Game Boy integration to VO to AI bots and multiplayer. It was nuts. Remember, they even had the fucking that it, it's a co-op mode, but you the second oh, yeah, player yeah. can just jump into the bodies of all yeah. of the enemies. Yeah, like the, that was cool. The, the grunt soldier, like that's that's a there's a it really. Was- uh, there is a, a significant it's amount called of counteroperative. Counteroperative. Thank there you. is Jeez. a significant amount of people that. They consider Perfect Dark the best game on the system, and if yeah. like if and if they, it hadn't come along, Goldeneye would be it. But it's like they like Perfect Dark is like especially because since so few people got to play it, you know. Yeah, the honestly, its only main issue is, and as you mentioned this earlier, is that they they crammed so much that it it it's a slower like it, it ended up kind of yeah, like yeah. And listen, they added like Goldeneye was already making the system chug, and they added more in Perfect Dark. Yeah, and it's like like the lighting listen, and, and all that. Yeah, I I will I will I will. Straight up say here, I, I played Perfect Dark when I was up in Jersey City, mm-hmm. and uh, it was not the Xbox remake. I brought my N64 up there and played Perfect Dark, and I have I to admit- I can appreciate that. I, was, I had to admit, like, by the end of the game, I was just like, I was oh. like, this is a little, this is tough to go back to. Yeah. Oh, but dude, Jeff Force Gemini was even worse. I, I, actually, <laughs> I actually bought Rare Replay because I needed a version to play that was playable for, to get through that <laughs> well, game. Don't worry, we'll get to that game too. But uh, with Perfect Dark, Wilder Concepts initially pitched for Goldeneye, were, were, you know, they were able to make it in, um, such as the laptop gun, a rifle that saw through walls, drivable hover bikes, um, no, well, I guess in Bond it wasn't a hover bike; it was just a bike bike. But yeah. uh, no longer beholden to MGM's Bond, this was their universe to toy around with, and which you know, however way they saw fit. A fresh cast of characters in a techno dystopia, and uh, they can get as strange and as violent as they wanted. Aliens? Why not? Gore? Not an issue. Yeah. Holograms? Who cares? Um, plus, <laughs> yeah, the, dude. But <laughs> <laughs> fucking society has still not accepted holograms in our video games. <laughs> plus, they could expand on the artificial intelligence, add reload animations, and alternate fires for every weapon. Uh, more custom options in death matches. Anything that didn't have the man hours or resources during uh, their GoldenEye development now did. And it ruled. I fucking love Perfect Dark. It was content rich. Oh yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> people people say it's like Goldeneye, but just more of that. Yeah, and it's, it's on like, steroids, but sci-fi. Yeah, like, sci-fi. You know, like, yep. and, and I was yep. such a sci-fi kid growing up. Yeah. Um. Unfortunately, while it achieved near universal acclaim, even toppling Goldeneye's 96 on Metacritic with a 97, making it Rare's highest rated product like ever, uh, it failed to hit similar sales numbers. Going from that eight or nine million to a disappointing one point three yeah. was a drag. Yep. Many say the launch came too late in the N sixty four's life t- cycle for consumers to take notice. And then it was released in May of two thousand. The PS two, GameCube, and Xbox were just over the horizon, and all eyes were on those and their next gen graphics. And not only that, but the next big shooter that took everybody's attention 
Halo. Yeah. Literally right or like what? The next 2001. year. Yeah, 2001. Yeah, 2001. You know, Matt, yeah. you make a good point. Halo is better than Perfect Dark. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're back. I we agree. just had a t- <laughs> okay. We you. just settled a two-hour argument. I'll it's just, like eleven I'll o'clock put, at night now. <laughs> put a deliberate cut in there. Yeah. I also, <laughs> like, All right, we're back. Guys. Yeah, be, yeah, make it like it like not even cut well. Yeah, okay. Um, I also I also bet it having an M rating probably like you know yeah yeah affected that a bit as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Dude, my parents would not get us M-rated games as a kid. I remember wow, they how, were that conscious. Of I remember how we got I, my, my parents were uh, relatively on top of it. I think it was a case by case basis. My, uh, I, I've mentioned this maybe on the show before, but my my dad did not have an issue with the the amount of violence in Perfect Dark, but it was that the characters swore when you shot them because instead uh, of just the golden eye, they would be like you bitch. Or, oh yeah, they'd be like shit. And like my dad was my dad was my dad is so anti cursing even today. It's wow. Like, oh, like, a teacher, yeah. huh? Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. I guess that doesn't. Yeah. That doesn't Imagine why. <laughs> uh, actually, I remember how I got War Gods now because our parents. Yeah, I joined with that. Uh, a family member got okay, it for us for like a birthday and did not know that my parents did not want us to get M-rated games. And so, of course, my mom is not going to tell them like, "No, take this mm, back." That's the uh, loophole. Uh, if it makes her feel any better, I'm fairly sure we played it for like two weeks. It's not a very month. good game. Yeah, and, and then we just stopped. Yeah, it is wild. I begged but... my parents for GTA One, and then at the the guy at Funko yeah. Land was like, "Do you want to see it first? And then you know, my mom was like, "Okay." And then she just like, "It's so crude. It's these shitty sprites from top down, and the cars are like squares, yeah. and the people are circles. There's a button to fart and burp on people." My mom was like, "You can have this game. It's fine." Yo, <laughs> the Sims Hot Date. God damn that mm. Toys R Us rep who is just like, yeah, this is like, you know, like, this is like, we were like 10. <laughs> and uh, there was like, yeah, there's like some pretty, like, it's like, there's some pretty steamy stuff in this. Like, they, they have sex. It, it has a hard like, on it. Yeah. Uh, so where are we at? Oh, yeah. New, new, uh, new systems. Um, so uh, speaking of, in 2001, EA and our, uh, our British buy would make the jump into those consoles with Agent Under Fire. Sorry, wait. James Bond 007 in Agent Under Fire. Uh, Brosnan being distracted with the travesty that was Die Another Day. Oh, yeah. Redwood Shores, later Visceral, who did Dead Space, rest in mm-hmm. peace, uh, chose to rework their PlayStation 2 build of The World Is Not Enough into an original action thriller plotline unrelated to any Hollywood counterpart uh, and omitting any known actor likeness. Yeah. It was fast, uh, coupling its admittedly short campaign with addicting split-screen gameplay, resembling oh, yeah. that of tr- of a tribe's, uh, in reference to its emphasis on jetpacks and grapple hooks. Not only that, but like you could just go into the settings and just turn off low gravity, yeah, like yeah. all this cool <laughs> For stuff. Sure. Yeah, I remember the, the wine cellar level. You could turn the handle and crush your friends in the wine <laughs> press. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it had very much like. It very much had like a Saturday morning cartoon feel to it. Yeah, yeah, the campaign. It was very much like a GI Joe type. It like, was super campy. Yeah, no, I, I, it was, it was fun. It was fun. It was and fun it, to sell. And you, and you know what? For a long GameCube, uh, like early game, yeah, that's it, early. It looks good. One it, it looked it great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's sixty FPS. Like you know, yeah. like it's uh, and it, it earned its status into many of the bestseller banners on its uh, three retrospective platforms. Yep. Um, but the change in direction with its solo levels to a more linear format, as well as its in- inclusion of driving and on rail segments, met some criticism. Which I, I thought the driving was was, was cool. The on rail stuff is yeah. Maybe. So ready the driving. The driving and the on-rail stuff is perfectly fine. The problem is it made an already short campaign even shorter. Yeah. See, the thing is, everything or nothing has driving and on-rails levels, but everything or nothing is like 35. It's a long game. And (laughs) so it's like, it doesn't feel like it's taking away from the memorable walking, like, on-foot levels. And so it's like, yeah, no, the driving stuff is good. It was just, it made a short game shorter. No, you're right. Is it Agent Under Fire? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because it didn't. 
Nightfire had driving. It did too. Yeah, and I remember that they had know, like flying in the underwater car. Not to cut you off because I'm sure you'll bring oh, it up, yeah, but the uh, Nightfire was developed by two studios. And I remember yeah, that, Gearbox and then... Uh, no, 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 I know. no. <laughs> Yeah, the, the driving parts were developed by the studio that did the Xbox version of Agent Under Fire. And then Eurocom really? did the rest of the game instead of having separate studios. Huh, okay, yeah. I, didn't, I actually don't have that in here. Um, also, Agent Under Fire was the first game, the first, I think, the first Bond game that wasn't on its own engine. I believe that was... Oh. Uh, Either underwear? No, I think it was id Tech. Oh, it's I think id it was Tech. The Quake Engine. Oh, that would explain the fucking like mm-hmm. <laughs> how like twitchy it felt. And yeah. and the we went over this a little bit. Yeah. Uh in, in our Valve episode, but the uh the not to cut you off again, but the gearbox version of Nightfire was on source. And the other one wasn't. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, I actually did I I did forget that. Um, but Agent of Fire, like I've I've long since gone back and look at that game with much more of an appreciation. Yeah. Um, the set pieces were big and varied, and yet the lingering reflection of Goldeneye stayed fierce in the brains of those passionate enthusiasts. Oh yeah. Um, elsewhere, another major event was happening after a slew of notable releases: Jet Force Gemini, DK sixty four, notable uh, agreed, <laughs> Banjo Tooie, Perfect Dark, and finally Conquer's Bad Fur Day as the swan song. Rare was ceremoniously done with the N64. During production of the retooled dinosaur planet into what oh. we knew in O2 as Star Fox Adventures on the GameCube, Matt's favorite, oh. uh, a deal was going down behind the scenes. Some might say the best Star Fox game. <laughs> because the worst Zelda game is still better than the best Star Fox game. No. All, right, uh, all right, we're back. Yes, it's uh, the sun's rising now. And, uh, Matt has just lying to people. Now I have a black eye, and Matt has a black yeah. eye. <laughs> uh, Randy, uh, I'll be taking over host. Randy's at the hospital now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Fucking, uh, uh, man, bunch of funny guys. All right, so uh, and and so seeing as gaming budgets began to steadily increase, Nintendo started to get cold feet when it came to supplying their sacred second party with capital. The Stampers, surprised that their partner wasn't willing to purchase the company's remaining stake, then looked to potential buyers. Xbox manufacturer Microsoft had visited the off- their offices as early as 2000 to show interest, and now it was as advantageous as a moment as ever to throw their hats into that ring. A bidding war ensued between them and Activision, with Microsoft's offer for $375 million winning the pot. Uh, thus, wild. Now, my, yeah. now Microsoft owns Activision for a little bit more money than that, or is about yeah. to own Activision. <laughs> I should say, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's how a cool. That's a how cool much Rare was seventy worth billion. <laughs> Imagine if they owned Rare; it would have been seventy billion, three hundred million, and some change. <laughs> that is crazy. That who they were up against is yeah. there now. Yeah. Uh, so, thus on uh, September twenty fourth, two thousand and two, Rareware was thoroughly integrated into the Microsoft family as a first party. Trademarks of titles including Perfect Dark, Conquer, Killer Instinct, and Banjo were retained by the studio, while the likes of Donkey Kong Country, Diddy Kong Racing, and the aforementioned Star Fox slash Dinosaur Planet were clearly kept by the big N. And Goldeneye, well, 
Goldeneye was left trapped in legal limbo. Oh yeah, uh, that, once that happened, it was just <laughs> like mildly. you cannot yeah. you cannot untangle that mm-hmm. once it's that, tangled. That's like the pulling the the Christmas lights out of the closet. Several projects that they had in store for the GameCube were then scrapped, such as a Diddy Kong Racing sequel. Um, I think it's called Donkey Kong Racing. It's a, there's a picture of it on the back of the I think the first. Um, N64 box? No, the GameCube boxes. Yeah, oh, yeah. GameCube, yeah, yeah. Um, however, as Xbox was not competing in the handheld space, an agreement with Nintendo and THQ was reached to en- uh, enable them to uh, to develop for the Game Boy Color Advance in the upcoming DS. That's why I think there's like a Banjo racing game on like DS or something. Um, yeah, there's also... Uh, isn't there a Conquer, Conquer game? Twelve Tales, yeah, yep. yeah. <laughs> the, the the actual kitty friendly. Yeah, one. <laughs> uh, I was just saying it is a kind of a dark metaphor, but it's just like that was the that was like the the divorce proceeding where it was like the you know it's like they shared. Custody. Oh, you take this. Yeah, I'll no, no, it's yeah. like they shared custody of the child, but instead You'll have of them on weekend, but instead of doing what is best for the child, they would not let anything happen if it meant the other parent benefited. You know? <laughs> Lock the like, child yeah, up. It basically yeah. was. It's just like, yeah. It's like <laughs> Put if, them in the tower. If the other company benefited, because they, they they must have both known that it was a huge, you know. No, was, yeah. Goldeneye was the thing they were calling. They're like, yeah, neither would budge on that. Neither would budge. And it's like, listen, if, if the other person even benefited, even remotely, they would not let that game get released. And yeah. it's like, it's it's really just such a shame. And then MGM, it was kind of just like the child services person just basically yep. just saying, yeah. you know. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can't, it's like, okay, you finally made an agreement? Nah, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. MGM came in and said, this kid's worth too much. And then somebody in the audience was like, I'll take it. I'm like, there you go. There you go. Uh, Electronic Arts trucked on with Eurocom's 007 Nightfire, starring Pierce Brosnan. Mm-hmm. Uh, a solid game. Solid. Um, efficient. Not dissimilar from Agent Under Fire. But uh, me and you were talking about this, Matt. Nightfire just plays it too safe. It's yeah. not as weird as Agent Under Fire. No. Like, where the bullets in that game were, like, lasers you could <laughs> dodge. And I will say, though. Like, and night, at the time, I remember Nightfire being the one I, I prefer, but going back to it, it it's, 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 it's good. I will say Nightfire on PC is interesting because Nightfire, like I said, was developed by Gearbox yeah. for PC on the Source engine. And Gearbox at the time had a deal with Valve. They were doing, like, Blue shift, yeah, opposing uh, forces, yeah, opposing forces. Yeah. So like, it felt like a James like Bond a mod, mod yeah. for half for Counter Strike or Half Life <laughs> Deathmatch. Like, fun- is that available anywhere? Somehow? I have a disc of it in my parents' house. Can you bust that out? Maybe, maybe if, we I can if, fi- we can- <laughs> if I can find it. I don't know if it'll boot on. Yeah, we gotta get none of us have a disc it. drive. <laughs> oh my god! I know god. I have one. I have oh, you one. do. Right? It's, it's a USB one. Yeah. yeah, no. I think in fact, I think my last computer even had one, but this one that you helped me build, mm-hmm. no more. But you can buy USB ones now. Like I need to see that thing and actually, like, actually, you know, hold a. Well, I guess not a controller, <laughs> probably isn't it? Doesn't have a controller support <laughs> no. now. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, I think one. It's a damn good-looking game. Like it's, 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 it is good-looking. I mean, like the the way the cutscenes are directed. Like it's. They wanted they, to they finally cinematic. They yeah. wanted to finally make the Bond. Now that the graphics were where they wanted to be, they wanted mm-hmm. to make a realistic-looking Bond game with Pierce Brosnan. So it needed to be within. There was nothing wacky about it. It was very much. Yeah. And so it was like I think the biggest problem with it is that once you were done the story. There was no reason to ever go back to it because it was so linear, so so linear. No, like, you're very right. Once you saw everything, and it's like the multiplayer was it's, a lot of yeah, it, it was, was good, it was pretty good, it was pretty yeah, good. Yeah, that's what I definitely spent more time with in that game. Yeah, but it's like you know, and we'll get to when everything or nothing came out. That that just gave you less of a reason to sort of return to Nightfire. But yeah, but uh, Rare went uh, to release um, 
grabbed by the Ghoulies as their debut Xbox exclusive. <laughs> More British slang. <laughs> yeah. Um, many who uh, stuck around after the acquisition complained of the lack of trust their new parents were giving them. The punk rock days were over. This was the beginning of a shift into the desire for larger spectacle, big investments for bigger returns. Mm. Uh, to rewind a sec back to April of 1999, another key fighter had now entered our tale and by October of 02 had seen their landmark smash. Located out of Nottingham, England, Free Radical Design was formed by GoldenEye alumni Dr. David Doak, Steve Vellis, Carl Hilton, and Graham Norgate. Graham Norgate. Uh, not that leaving their former home at Rare was an easy decision to make. The Stampers read the Exodus as a, a slapper to the face. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was well done. Sneaking that in there. Uh, they claimed the reasoning for their exit was the uh, the workaholic pace, restrictive contracts, the unfair favoritism, that there was just too much to bear. Uh, not to mention the long-ass drive to uh, Twycross each day. Funnily enough, yeah, I thought that was funny that like uh, when they all first started up, they were so happy about the about the the game studio that wasn't in packed downtown London but then by the end of it they were just like they were like dude this well, that, this commute's rough that's yeah. the crazy thing is that you i understand why the stampers view it as like a slap in the face they were like the d squad at rare yeah and yeah. like they, like rare is dumping all of these not that they weren't getting support but rare was dumping all of these resources into like banjo mm -hmm. and even like killer instinct yeah. and like you know they had to like go behind the backs of the people above them to add multiplayer <laughs> yes, yeah. which ended up making goldeneye the third best-selling game yeah. on the console At that, that point, all the, of their the, games they should have been like yeah like so it's such a logical decision if you think about it that way for them to be like we did all that like, obviously, Rare funded it, but if we can get the funding from somewhere else, like, we did all that, and we can do it better if there aren't people telling us what not to do. Yeah. If any, they went the opposite route and kept them, wanted to keep them closer to the, the chest and rather than... Yeah. yeah. You know what? I think the Stampers actively tried to discourage them from leaving and forming their own company, saying, yeah. like, it's... A, it's, it's gonna a, fail. It's, a, it's gonna fail. It's a tough industry. It's not like the 80s when we started. And it's, like, yeah. it's one thing to feel betrayed. It's another thing to literally actively put down the effort. It's a shitty of, thing to say, not that not that they were technically wrong, but it's, like, yeah. it's Well, the funny thing is, and... and, and not and that there's any blood blood between The deep any irony of, of that, and I think we brought this up in the interview, is that Rare got sold to Microsoft not that much later, and yeah. and Free Radical outlived them for far longer as an independent company. As an independent company. Yeah. Yeah. And that, well, now they're back. I mean, it's, 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 yeah. Save it for later. Oh, God. It's making my, me go cross eyed. Yeah. Uh, so they, they stuck to it and uh, unleashed time splitters for the uh, PS2's launch roster in 01 kicking off the revered, monkey-obsessed, wacky sci-fi FPS franchise. Um, their follow-up with the now multi-platforms, Time Splitters 2, truly giving them the credence that they still had what it took to take on Whoa. EA's bond in the console shooter market. Hold on. PS2 launch was in 2000. Uh, not, I think in the United States it was 01. Mm -hmm. In either case, I it was... I thought it was still 2000. In either case, it was launch window, I guess. No, it was launch... It was like launch it was, lineup. It was launch lineup. It, it maybe, I it, might it be was, wrong. No, it might be 2000. It was 99 in Japan. Yeah. yeah. I just, so they, they probably didn't beat us by that long. Uh, No, I think... I might have just wrote it It was... Uh, hold on. PlayStation 2. 2000... Time Slayers 2 was 2002, but... I know that. Wow. Uh, it, no, it, yeah. It was March 2000 in Japan, October 2000 in America, November uh. 2000... 
uh, everywhere Europe. else, uh, except for China, where it counts as four. <laughs> 2004. And yeah, uh, audiences responded super positively to this kind of spiritual successor to the you know N64 tour of course they had it, created I, five years prior. It is, yeah. It's, it's, it's without you know, doubt a spiritual yeah. successor. I mean, outside of the settings and vibe, it was very GoldenEye in its approach to controls, UI, mission objective structure, and multiplayer. And the speed. It was wild because I didn't play Time Splitters 2. I didn't play Time Splitters 1. I didn't know why it was called it's, Time Splitters 2. Yeah. I, I played it. I played it. it I played it with Matt. One, it's very proof of concept. Yeah, it's, I played it yeah. with Matt very a lot later. But like, go through a level, go back. I got a demo. There was a demo of Time Splitters Two that I played on the Xbox, and the I re- Time Splitters Two had uh, demos on all three platforms. They had demo like, and yeah, it's like, yeah. And I remember mm-hmm. playing that demo, and at the time being like, man, they just like ripped a lot <laughs> off of Goldeneye, <laughs> yeah, huh? Because right. I had no idea who Free Radical was. They actually right? put on the cover. I didn't, need, yeah, because they put on the cover. It said like Hair Apprentice to Goldeneye. It was yeah. like a quote from a magazine, but it doesn't actually say from the makers of. Or it anything. does if you like look right. at a trailer, but like right, yeah. that wasn't the days. Like it wasn't social media days where I see trailers. You for saw games. the health like, and armor bar, and you're like, dude, they also, really just yeah. also right. And also, how many people go like read like Heir Apparent to Goldeneye? Oh, they copied him. That's what Heir Apparent means. <laughs> it's just like who? Why not just say from the makers of? Why That's they gotta, what I was saying. Why yeah, do they got to use the fancy it. vocab? Guys, they probably couldn't for legal reasons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but yeah. it is wild because like I knew a lot of people who really liked Time Splitters, but somehow never learned that it was the GoldenEye people. Because <laughs> yeah. if I had known that, I would have bought Time Splitters, but I didn't. They didn't. Yeah, they could have leaned into that marketing way harder. Mm-hmm. Though maybe you said that that their their hands could have been yeah. tied. But uh, the critics were happy, the fans were happy, and their wallets were happy. What Time a game. Sp- <laughs> Time Splitters 1 might have been the blueprint, but Time Splitters 2 had polished and refined it. But um, Plus, it opens with a, a literal Soviet dam level as a nice little nod. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And sorry, I could wax poetic about Time Splitters for forever, though. I'll spare you all the sentiment. I, I adore these games uh, in its run. It's great. And as, uh, and as daunting as it was, those dudes were psyched to be independent from either Microsoft or Nintendo to flex those creative muscles. Oh, yeah. They could take crazy risks when it came to the characters, environments, and overall comic book style, yep. especially when leaning hard into their signature humor. Tossing in a feature like the Map Maker wouldn't have been possible under their previous regime. Yeah, they actually developed that uh, six weeks before. In six weeks, uh, oh, really? no, 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 okay. I thought you were. I was like, it's just like the multiplayer. There's yeah. one guy on. To well, set. Yeah, it's like they just hired one guy and made it, and then <laughs> they didn't even show the publishers until it was done. Uh, these four weren't the only ones that needed to break free. Hollis's departure soon followed theirs. His excuse, though, was that he had just felt that there were no tiers above what he had accomplished within the company and looked to try his hand at something that wasn't centered around shooting. So he chose not to re-up his four-year contract post-Perfect Dark. It, it broke his heart to say goodbye, um, but then after, he'd briefly see work in Washington at Nintendo of America before then establishing Zunami, uh, or Zumani, <laughs> was this, uh, uh, an indie dev team in Cambridge that enjoyed making smaller, quirky puzzle games until unfortunately becoming defunct in 2010. Although his love of the form never ceased, he produced Aim for Love in 2013 and speaks at conferences like GDC. This was, you're saying uh, Hollis left Free Radical after the publish. Okay. After those four did. I was about to say, if he left Rare because he was tired of making shooters, wow, they uh, they, they they went back on that. But okay, after the <laughs> too. Yeah. yeah, no, he, he, no, no, no. He left, um, he wasn't a part of the Free Radical team. Oh. He left uh, uh, after Perfect Dark. Okay, there uh, we go. Um, but with the five of them gone, Rare was understandably shook up uh, to the degree that they <laughs> the, the plug had to get yanked on Killer Instinct 3. Um, oh. 
I missed that. I, I, I missed that detail. Yeah. Um, anyway, in, uh, in 2004, uh, EA Redwood was back steering the 007 ship with Everything or Nothing, a high-octane third-person action title in the Digital Bond legacy. It had the largest production value of any of their outings yet, seeking to rival that of its film companions, so much so that Brosnan himself considers it his, non, his non-canonical final role. And I yeah. would, too, if I had to it is factor a, it and die another day. Oh, yeah, no, that uh, Everything or Nothing... Is uh, fucking rad. Yeah. It is... Really just, it's a shame because if people will always compare it to GoldenEye. If GoldenEye didn't exist, it is this would have the, been the best yeah. Bond game. And it's it is so fantastic. extra. Like, it, narrative and presentation took priority over competitive split screen. Yep. Um, they brought in Judy Dench to portray M, John Cleese as Q, uh, Willem Dafoe was cast for its villain, yeah. Heidi Klum, Shannon Elizabeth, and singer Maya were your, like, they were your side was, yeah. uh, Even Jaws's Richard Keel made an appearance. I didn't hear you say it. I'm sorry if you did. That was Eurocom, right? Mm-hmm. No, okay. this is EA Redwood. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Dead Space people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The that Battlefront is, Hardline people. That is... <laughs> Why um, you have to throw that in there? That is that is everything a game, like a Bond game, especially campaign, need to be. It was... It was everything to nothing a Bond game needed to be. <laughs> Thank you. I'll be and here they, And they also <laughs> included a secondary co-op campaign that was tough as nails. Dude, I, I never got through the co-op campaign. That we tried. Tough. But you know what's funny? You're right. There was probably the, one of the reasons that it is not as... It's not a, a well talked about is the fact that the multiplayer I remember was was pretty mediocre. Like the oh the ver- there the, the was like a shared screen that was like a like Power Stone was, or something. Yeah, it was it was, it was a really it was it was an afterthought. It, it was, was it was because it's like hey you can't not have it somewhere, it, you know. But it's it's fine as like a little throw in. But people, if you're going to it looking for that, it ain't that. And that's it. A lot of the other uh, like a lot of the other EA and you know Goldeneye. It's like they got big, not off their campaigns, but yeah. because they're multiplayer. And, and this also, was like, no, this is the campaign is where we're... Which is like, if you're the type of person that really appreciates single-player campaigns, it is an amazing Bond game, yeah. but it's not... Yeah, the multiplayer is just not there. And it marks the closest in rankings that a James Bond game has come to GoldenEye uh, with its reviews. And some and might, that includes since. Yeah, some might say the second best James Bond game to be released that year, right? <laughs> Of course, EA being EA, <laughs> this wasn't enough. That's why it was time to... Uh, You're welcome for that transition. Yeah, thank you. That, that's that, you said it so perfectly. Let's say, let's say um, trick people? Yeah. Uh, so later, th- later that same year, <laughs> another venture was brewing. Soon to shamelessly take a shit on the GoldenEye name <laughs> with GoldenEye Rogue Agent. Oh my God. I don't get him. Uh, developed by the uh, Electronic Arts internal team in Los Angeles, formerly DreamWorks Interactive, later Danger Close Games. Rogue Agent had fewer in common what? with Rare's GoldenEye than Time Splitters, and that wasn't even the same IP. What yeah. uh, what else did EA LA do? Uh, what else did EA? I know what they LA. did. I'm setting you up. Wait, are you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I know what... Oh, no, okay. I, I do have it here. <laughs> okay, so instead... So in this, you took the shoes of an antagonist named Goldeneye? Yes. With and the golden, golden eye? eye? That's yes. my favorite part of the movie. 
<laughs> yeah, and he had he was he had a pet bird that was a golden eye, like the actual species <laughs> I always think of, of the, bird. The fucking I, the, the 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 bit from uh, the the giant bomb thing, and they're like, you know, golden eye. I never had that right. I never saw it. There was like that lady who you could kill her with their legs, and then, like remote mines or briefcase that could turn to a gun or something. I don't, you know, just like a bunch of executives, <laughs> like. Um, but so, and I guess you're you're paired up with the series most epic. Baddies like you, you, like Blofeld and Goldfinger, whoever else to eradicate MI6, and uh, it also sucked. There, yeah. there, it did it, it like some of the dual wielding was kind of neat, um, but the that, best that thing, was pretty much it. The best, so Bond dies, and I think the first was, level, uh, or, something, or unless it's a VR, it, it's, I blocked it all out. The best thing about Goldeneye Rogue Agent was the gun that shot sticky mines that they no. brought back in Halo 4. Yes, kind of. <laughs> the best thing about GoldenEye Rogue Agent was that the EALA, who you didn't mention, are the uh, Medal of Honor people. Yes, so the pe- they had the pedigree there, because yeah. that's why I don't want to blame the crew too much. Yeah, this, yeah. Um, but they, they did a... They gave D- us boom blocks, for Christ's sake. Yeah, they did a DS version, which was developed, I think, by Endspace. Oh, it was. Yeah, the guys, yeah. uh, the guys people. Yep. And there was, it and was like they, they were. There was like a prototype build of like a Halo on DS. That was. They yeah. used the same engine. They yes. were going to make a Halo for DS I as, think a, that as is a part, out there. Yeah. as a part of the like Microsoft doesn't have a handheld mm-hmm. and Nintendo yeah. does thing. They were making a Halo yes. for DS. Look up footage on, of it. Like it's like based a prototype on the Rogue pitch Agent. Thing. It's yeah. Out there. yeah, that's yeah. the best thing that Rogue Agent ever gave to the world. I swear to God, you guys are encyclopedias of the, game. I don't also it had download play on. On yes. DS, so if you had if one person had a cartridge, you could still play it with like. It 10 is other also people. infinitely better than the console it version is, of Rogue Agent. It, yeah, totally is. Um, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, I uh, I was obviously for those of you that can't tell, I was being sarcastic. So I bought a copy of Rogue Agent for the original Xbox a few <laughs> years ago, yeah. as a joke, as a continuous part of this bit. <laughs> And then I made Randy sit down with me to play it. And uh, I, when I tell you I could not get through the first level, <laughs> that game is absolute hot trash. It's real bad. It's so bad. And, and it, it makes no sense because it's the people that made Metal Gear. I know, like, I know. And, and the, the crazy, it has nothing. Like, it's also yes, going to get worse from here because the, the, act, the Activision. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the serious. jokes about like, oh, it's the character's name is Goldeneye and he has a golden eye. <laughs> yes, that's funny. That is not why the game sucks. The game yeah. sucks because it is a terrible <laughs> shooter. Oh, it's like that. Yeah. I remember, so. It feels awful. I remember actually trying this out with you when. Uh, you, you I got play. it as a Christmas gift. I so I, I remember watching you play it, but no, I, I actually sat down to play it when you, uh, it was at, it was uh, at Warwick. and Yeah, uh, that's when I bought it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, that's the first time I really sat down and played it. And I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, it's like, listen, I've played a lot of retro titles, frustrating mm-hmm. games, games that really stretch your patience. Like <laughs> truly, I'm like, it's like, if it's worth it, even if it's mediocre, I'm, I'll like, I'll get through it. And I got to like the second or third level and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I can't do this boring. game. It was so bad. <laughs> I, and that is like, I, I, I'm just saying it's like, I feel like I set a pretty high bar for like getting through uh, frustrating games. Hint, hint at, at another title that you will bring up later. And it's like, <laughs> I could, I know, you mm-hmm. couldn't, you couldn't pay me to get through. Gold it's Night part Rider. of the Randy <laughs> series of failure, which I bought them all and made them play them all because it was. We'll get to. We'll, I'm sure we'll get to the other part of oh, the Randy series of failure, and then the third one was Layer because you're a big <laughs> oh, Factor yes. Five fan. Yes, yeah, I was. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. EA was clearly the culprit here. Uh, the misleading label was their last ditch resort to sell a middling game with an under than ideal budget, uh, and. 
and, and pipelined it to just get it out the door for the holiday season. Which and, does, I, like, it doesn't make sense because you already released a good James. Why do you I need know, to release year. two? It Can, wasn't, well, the license was expiring, so they had to get them yes, both out? And that, that, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. And it, it's, whatever target demographic they thought they could fool by piggybacking off the N64 staple did not work in the slightest. Uh, consumers I, and critics rejected the notion making GoldenEye Rogue Agent the worst performing product in the 007 library by this point. Yes, but any performance it has was based on that trick, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they oh, yeah. tricked. They tricked you. Yeah. Well, they, they tricked my dad. They tricked me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In fact, the failure was so uh, catastrophic that the publisher would toss the license to Activision. Although I, uh, from Russia with Love, was already still in. Was that was that time. an EA title? Yes, it, it was released as an EA title. Um, you know but that what? was like the. It was funny because I think Activision got the rights, and then uh, uh, from Russia with Love actually came out after because it was. They had to like in the no, I mean, um, which actually makes from Russia with which, love. What, from Russia, Russia with love's not bad. It, it's, it's it's the it's the same concept as it's like everything or everything nothing, everything but or it, nothing. yeah, but it's like reskinned as a. It's still redwood. It is, and yeah. yeah. So it, it plays it plays well and it looks sharp. It has it, it it's just it, they didn't have enough time to like or enough freedom, I guess, creatively to get as crazy as everything. I imagine you know? everything I am, or nothing. Like there's a level where you become a rally car racer in disguise, yeah. like. I imagine I imagine they had like they were working on it and then the license expired and they were just like you have this much time to get it out yeah. or you'll have to cancel it. But considering what they were going through, like it came out like pretty pretty well. Like, yeah, it's not a bad considered. game. Yeah. It's I mean, it's yeah, it's it's it ain't fucking rogue agent. Uh and so the back to one last thing about the rogue agent because I think you even marked this down in in uh in the book. Um but uh <laughs> Free Radical. This is when I started marking stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hot off the coattails of releasing their unique and um, the uh, superpowers-driven stealth title, Second Sight, was now aligned with EA, uh, before it was IDOS and Codemasters, to help distribute the third installment in its kick-ass Time Splitters trilogy, Future Perfect. Um, my personal fave. But in a cruel twist of irony... The ex-GoldenEye squad was facing a severe lack of advertising for the game as Electronic Arts had chosen to spend the money promoting Rogue Agent instead, uh, yeah. forcing the lackluster critical reception that in turn, uh, you know, caused negative press to surround it. They sp- I'm happy that Time Splitter's Future Perfect exists, yeah. but it is wild <laughs> to somehow you have the people that made Medal of Honor and the people that made GoldenEye, and you're like, yeah. we're going to make a sequel to GoldenEye. <laughs> and you give it first of all give it to the Medal of Honor people not the GoldenEye people yeah, and then yeah. the Medal of Honor people fuck it up and then you fuck over the yeah, GoldenEye you're people you're like one of these is in trouble yeah. uh, <laughs> that is a, like a yeah that is mm-hmm. it, that is truly just a bonkers story yeah because mm-hmm. Future Perfect reviewed really well but it didn't it it needed more like you know like hey this is out because like Time Splitters 2 had a pretty decent like um you know, like marketing push. To be fair, okay, this is around the time I started getting gaming formers. There was a double, uh, there was a spread ad. Or no, I remember how they advertised it. Actually, mm. uh, they put they did it uh, an ad on one page, skipped a page, and then an ad on the second page. He was, oh, that's clever. He, he was you saw an alien getting shot through a time portal, yeah. and then when you turn the page, you saw the other side, and you saw Cortez shooting through the time. I like portal. that. That it was that's smart. I thought it was a really cool advertisement. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm into that. Um, so if it's uh, if it's any consolation, uh, the Bond film buffs were going to be overjoyed with their lunch, 
Fucking Casino Royale was only months away, and the wrongs left from Brosden's disastrous finale were about to be righted in the best, best way. There's a new gritty reboot in town, Batman Begins. Just had to snag those rights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, so this takes us into the sixth generation of system hardware. Uh, rare dumped out cameo, elements of power, and uh, perfect dark zero. In oh, time yeah. for the launch of the Xbox 360. I remember Man. playing, and, I played it with you. And you know what? I'm not even going to dignify wasting my breath on fucking Perfect Dark one, Zero. I have one question it's... for you if, you, if you will indulge me. Yeah. What's better, Perfect Dark Zero or GoldenEye Rogue Agent? I think I'd rather take GoldenEye Rogue Agent. I Whoa. agree. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? I think, do you go Perfect back Dark play, Zero is in, garbage. Yeah. Like, GoldenEye Rogue Agent is bad, but at least it plays like a shooter. There's like this lag... There is perfect dark. You literally can't aim in that game. It's and so the, bad. The, and I, I get it. It's an early, or I mean, it was literally like first wave of 360. But yeah, they, but so they, was Call of Duty. They, <laughs> they turned up the motion blur to this nauseating degree. Oh, but it's, it's horrible. It's, and yeah. it's the, I, I mean, the, the level design and direction is so poor that they had to patch the game with arrows to tell you where to go and what to do. Oh yeah. But I still think the most offensive thing about it is like it is some of the ugliest art direction ever. Like, like Perfect Dark 1 is so sleek and cool. It looks like fucking Blade Runner. And you see this and it looks like reboot. Like, it's like the worst Saturday morning cartoon. Just these character models and faces. And you're like, and it's like, all right, you see the Time Splitters games and they look so, like, even today you go back and the way that they, like, they they move and that they're animated, there's so much personality and flavor. And you're like, Perfect Dark Zero, you're like, this looks like shit. It's terrible. I'm actually shocked that I... You Remember said, they redesigned her? It's a prequel, and she's like a hot rave girl now. And yeah, just they, like, they, 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 uh, uh, what do you, what do you, they, they matrix babed her. Oh uh, yeah, this yeah. was definitely. So like, also, it's funny. Yeah. I, I remember playing most of this game with you, and I cannot remember <laughs> a single fucking thing about that game. I remember uh, my roommate tried should, to play through it in front of me it. as a bit, and then felt like immediately yeah, it was like I'm play done. It. You know, if we we should go up Perfect Dark one first, and then maybe I've, I I kind of just want to make Matt try to play through the first level of Perfect Dark Zero. Yeah, I mean I'll, oh, I'll watch that. You know what? I you, something is like barely coming back to me. I remember like the first level. It's like you're at like a I don't know like a a dock or a spaceport and just very empty streets mm-hmm. and a lot of staircases and mm-hmm. that's it. And, and bloomed that's all. out of it, it, they pulled a red faction too where it's like like they just went the other way with the aesthetic and you're just like why does this look like shit like what happened? Oh my yeah. Um, <laughs> but that was 2005. Yeah. Say, uh, one of my first tr- instances of many being disheartened as a gaming teenager. Yeah, that's another in the series of failure for Randy. What is uh what is uh what's free radical up to in two thousand five? Well, okay, so <laughs> this is literally the next paragraph. Man, dude, you, you can just see keep, my script you just through the laptop. Setting them up. <laughs> so for as far as rare goes, thankfully perfect uh or, or sorry, uh Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts and even Pinata were uh, you know an improvement. Uh but a free radical would soon experience their downfall as well. Um the much anticipated quote unquote Halo killer for the PlayStation 3. Haze was lambasted upon its release. Uh, not even corn could save it. <laughs> um, Video games are a religion. <laughs> and perhaps one and day Haze is the shit. That, that mess will warrant its own episode. It's because it, it, um, I, I think you bought a copy 
a couple years ago, and that was I the told first you I bought the whole Randy series. You did, of you did, yeah. Because yeah. I also bought a copy of Layers. God, we did that the same night. Why did because I don't like you? Oh my god, Hayes is uh oh man awful. It, it, no, it it is awful, but I mean it's I mean like conceptually, it's so weird. Like, have you ever actually? It's about uh, a like you're like a gung ho soldier who's on this yes, rug. Matt was there. Okay, you were there. It's like that Black Mirror episode. Because uh, the three of us switched off. We were playing co-op and we switched yeah, off. It's oh really God. bad. I, I uh, did block this out. I mean, we got to the part with the, the vehicle. The, mm-hmm. And you're just like, God, this feels... Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I always, and I, I bring this up to you guys all the time, uh, I will forever mix that up in my mind because I also watched you play a game around that time with a similar cover, Time Shift, and every time I think oh, of... And every hey, time, time Shift is great. No, no, and <laughs> That funny, does the exact same it cover. It has the yeah. exact same cover, and every time you guys talk about Haze, I think of a Time Shift, and I'm like, it seemed okay, and it's like, no, no, wait, that was Time Shift. Okay, never <laughs> mind. Time, time Shift is one... crazy because they made a demo for that game, and then they threw it all out and started over. Yeah. We only played one worse shooter that night. That Was that Rogue Warrior? Was that the same night? No, no, Rogue Warrior okay, was, that was the a same night. And I would argue that Rogue Warrior is a better shooter. <laughs> I uh, wish I had been there that night because um, when you started playing those clips, oh I, yeah, dude, that upset me. Uh, that game is so up your alley. It's, oh, it's now insane. we, I later that night I made Matt co-op the first couple levels of Aliens Colonial Marines. With oh me. yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. which we also did an episode yeah. about and yeah. Duke Nukem Forever. Mm-hmm. And hey, stay tuned for Dakatana because that's yeah. coming up too. We, yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, Hayes was a bomb for them, and uh, also LucasArts pulling out of their Star Wars Battlefront Three deal so mad. was when it when it was quote ninety nine percent complete mm-hmm. was a change like a heavy blow to them like mm-hmm. and I don't know if that like and it, that was not in response to Hayes that was the aqua the Disney um you know like. That was LucasArts getting bought by Disney and then Lucas or Lucasfilm getting bought by Disney and... Because LucasArts, that wasn't until 2013, I guess, was when like 1313 happened. This was... Oh, man, you know, maybe this was was too early. Oh, yeah. yeah. I wonder what the the deal was. I don't know. I'll have to look into that. Whoa. Yeah. The first time Hot Button's been stumped. I know. You wow. like, me and Austin can usually just fire back and forth, oh but God. I was like, right, the timeline doesn't know match that, up there. I know that the um that that getting canceled ended up canceling uh I'm sure you'll bring up what got, else got canceled. Oh, uh, hold on, wait, Austin, let me try it. Randy, what other game was ninety nine percent done then got then got canceled at the last minute? Oh no, sorry, that's not coming yet. Uh, so, parallel to these misses came uh, more misses, honestly. Uh, in 2008, Treyarch, uh, uh, known for their contributions to the Call of Duty franchise, used the modern warfare engine to make an adaptation of both Casino Royale, oh. fuck yeah, and Quantum of Solace eh, into was, one package. I was going to say uh, the. And time hold on, Slitter's, just uh, the results of those were, were mixed. To yeah, Time Slitters 4 got canceled because of the yes, Star Wars. Yes, thing. yeah, that, that was Because they were working on they that. Were only in the, they were in super early But that was not 99% no. done. That was early. It was like concept art of like, it was like a Gears of War parody. I, yeah. So that that teaser image made me so excited because what is the next step in Time Slitters? Like, you could Satirize look, games and li- stuff. I was yeah, like, I was so pumped because if there was a game, if there was a, a series that, concept that, could, is infinite. that yeah. could satirize gaming it's like that and game, shooters of that era yeah, yeah. It, that like that game that uh, that game already 
in its humor, does so many send ups of first person oh, shooters. That Austin Powers level. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's so it's so well done. They know how to parody. And yeah. let's face it, video games are ripe for parodying. It's like it would have been fantastic yeah. in my opinion. Do you, do you uh did either of you play the um the Quantum of Solace Casino Royale? It's, it's weird because yes, the, the game's called Quantum of Solace, but like it's both. The, yeah, in fact, I think the majority of the it's also is wild Royale. because it's um it's a lot. That was the that was definitely the time of a uh, quick time events and Treyarch made it. Yeah, but I want to say that the different versions of it were made by like every studio. It was like Activision devoted so much <laughs> to that, right? Yeah, because that was like. In the days of like, in the days, r- literally right before Call of Duty was like yearly. I mean, it was because Call of Duty three two thousand six, and then yeah. Modern Warfare came out the same year because Quantum Solace was two thousand seven, I think. No, two thousand nine. I think the movie. Was oh, oh eight or oh nine. Oh okay, so they were in there. Might have been oh eight. They were in there, but like Treyarch is also developing Black Ops then. Or Black yes. Ops Two. Well, Black Well Black Ops One was two thousand ten. Yeah, so they're developing yeah. Black Ops. So Treyarch did the game technically, but then also well, Singularity. I, that was 08. I believe uh, oh, Euro Eurocom did the PS two and Wii ones, and then like the PC one was done by Beanox, and then the <laughs> Beanox the DS version because there was a DS version. Yes, there was of Quantum Solace was done by um. Vicarious Visions. So this is before they just like put everyone on Call of Duty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that just goes to show like how much, how much Activision was throwing behind this. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. And and then, uh, so th- this actually, you're kind of uh, you're you're setting me up again uh, by bringing up Eurocom because uh, something kind of wild would happen uh, in 2010, 13 years after GoldenEye's N64 premiere. Um, Activision commissioned Twine and Nightfire developer Eurocom to craft a ground up remake or we make to yeah. celebrate its history. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, while the official name was to be shared, mandated changes due to its accompanying 1995 film uh, led the project to become more of a reimagining. Yep. Uh, surmounting in a sort of bizarre final product. Um, announced at the Big End's E3 showcase that summer. I saw that live. Mm-hmm. Um, instantly, it was revealed that the then-current Bond actor Daniel Craig was replacing Pierce Brosnan. Uh, a bit of rewriting of the past, but ultimately unavoidable in this landscape. Um, I mean, if they, listen, if they built rebuilt that game from the ground up and the only change was that it's a Craig model and a Bond, and instead of a... a uh, Brosnan model. It's It'd still like, be weird, but th- they went. It, it's not even that. Yeah. They, they also the, the story. It takes place in modern day with modern yeah. day technology. Well, you know what? I'll like, let you get through your your bit about this, but I, I, yeah. Oh, don't worry. I'm gonna give. You, I mean, yeah. I'm I'm giving you both the floor in a in a, yeah. a minute or two. So uh, get ready. So not wishing to inflate impossible expectations when compared to the nine, you know, the ninety seven one. Yeah. Uh, a select handful of elements were recycled, while others were modernized to a fault, giving us the COD clone that we would eventually see. The tone and artwork were grimy, weapons were altered, health was regenerative, lame, the gadgets were mostly consolidated into a smartphone, lamer, quick time events were inserted, the lamest, Um. and navigating the level paths was 
hugely linear. I mean, effectively going against the design method. Oh of yeah, the no, it was pretty. It was pretty much walk walk to scripted event or arena fight, and then oh, yeah, yeah. Um, the explosions were there, the split screen was there, but the heart wasn't. Now, obviously this endeavor wasn't as desperate as Rogue Agent. Uh, the effort was present for sure, but as, as, uh, Elise put, um, it's still, it felt corporate, less like the work of human beings. Yeah. Like the same human beings who back at Freerad were consulted on the matter and even began development prior to negotiations getting carried over to Eurocop. At any rate, it performed decently, obtaining all right scores and sales. Uh, there are defenders of it out there. I am not one of them. I mean, make no mistake, this this isn't like the Resident Evil in the remake department. Yeah. Uh, exactly 12 months later, a remaster of said reimagining came to the Xbox 360 and PS3 called GoldenEye uh, 007 Reloaded, to which you both recently... Uh, Cut your yeah. teeth on that. Uh, any comments on it? Or? I mean, I think you were, like, I think you were being generous by not just literally calling it a COD clone with a golden eye skin. So, yeah. You want to know a funny thing about this game? Little, little golden eye, uh, mm. yeah. his <laughs> This is developed by Eurocom. Yeah. And, but it was published by Activision. And you would think that it was made on the Call of Duty engine. It's not. Okay. It was made on the Dead Space Extraction Wait. engine. What? Ooh. Oh, I guess the, the cursor was, stuff on the Wii? But which it's was like, an on-rail shooter. It was. So it also, well, the it also but, started as an on-rail what? shooter engine. It's, whoa. Yeah. Oh, my God. That is a very... Whoa, like, that is a... <laughs> whoa. But every, like, the text is the same from Call of Duty. Like it, It's like... I mean, it's got a lot of the Call AI, of Duty in it. Yeah, but yeah. like it's... Even the... Uh, like I Some believe, of the death animations are the same. Like, it's so... I. I can double check this, but I it believe... It does the breach and clear thing that Modern Warfare does when it yeah. slows I believe down when Euro, you're in the room. I believe Eurocom may have also done the Wii versions of some of the Call of Duty games on that oh, same engine. Oh, I would not engine. be surprised. Listen. Okay, they converted engines just to port over the Call of Duties? Oh, no, they didn't. I, I also got to point out, that game, the first... 10 seconds. At least of they that, had a dead mouse song there. That was cool. The first 10 <laughs> seconds of that campaign are so promising. Oh, yeah. It does the camera. It, so, no. Like, yes. thing, it swindles the hell out of you <laughs> because <laughs> I can like recount in my head Matt's playing through the first level of this <laughs> because, yeah, it does it's the camera the pan thing. It does the swoop through the damn level and, and then even you goes. See Daniel Craig and it goes behind his head. Yeah, and it goes behind his head and then that's where the similarities end. Yes, well, no. That, is like, that's that as far first as area. Yeah. With like the tower, oh, the tower and the, the sniper and the bridges and like those look the same. Yeah. And man is just like, like the okay. And then you go through that tunnel <laughs> and it changes. Yes, yeah. But it changes. It's all corridors, it? it changes slightly, and the changes get worse and worse yeah. and worse. Uh-huh. And I remember mapping like, okay, so they like it's like Call of Duty, and they changed up quite a bit, but it still feels like damn. And then you get to facility. Big air quotes on facility. Yeah. And it is like, from that point on, it Matt was just like cursing at the screen every <laughs> time he recognized something. Yeah. Because there are bits yeah. and pieces of GoldenEye thrown in, and anytime you recognize something, you're like, this is in service of nothing. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I tapped make out a new of, game. The, uh, of the Wii version. I know uh, we were just talking before starting recording, Austin, that we both have the, the, the gold, you know, uh, controller, the classic controller, and I, I was excited for it, even though I was kind of pushed pretty far away from the Wii at that by that point. But like, it was, 
it didn't even like inspire. Like, so you both like finished it. The did how far does that? How closely does that the story like stick to the Not movie really. or the Not game? Really. Like, I would say other than having like here's your stand-in for Ormov and Natalia. They have the same name, but they don't look like them or act like that. Like it's yeah, and, and it's basically. Uh, they, I saw the tank level and it looks like fucking uh, Terminator Salvation. What the it hell was, is so going on with the... I would say basically they essentially just ripped the some of the iconic assets and locations yeah. and the characters. I'm and sure just, like, the stealing of the EMP works, but like they can't do a fall or rise of Soviet prim- Union thing. In primary that, right? like it's, primary yeah. example for you. They take objectives from the original GoldenEye Single object, like a line of text that's like, blow this up, destroy the satellite, destroy the. Yeah. And they, they turn that and they take it and they turn it into a chunk of a Call of Duty level and then yeah. stitch it together in this weird way that it makes a whole Call of Duty level. So, like in Runway, when your, your objective is get the key, get in the plane, blow up the missile launcher right. that's going to stop you from taking off, and yeah. then you get in the plane, you beat the level. Literally, the blowing up of the missile launcher is like throw a mine or shoot the tank at this missile launcher that's like right above the plane. It takes two seconds. In that game, you're literally like you're on you're in this weird (laughs) nuclear silo that looks like a Call of Duty level. And there's like eight missile launchers and they give you C4 and you have to go up, fight (laughs) your way through all these guys snipe people and like pixel hunt all these guys yeah. and then go up to there and then hold and X and sites. Bond takes out a C4 and puts it on like Call of Duty and hits a couple buttons and then you back away and then it blows up and then you gotta do seven more and it's like yeah, yeah. It, and and in addition and this is after Call of Duty but already had was doing this for several years yeah, like it's, yeah this was the new. same year as uh, Black Ops which was a more interesting uh, One. twist of that like yeah. formula and campaign yeah. but it's like um and it goes back to what we were saying about, like, GoldenEye, the original, the the rare one, is, is all about, like, it has its frustrations. But you can blame its frustrations on the limitations of the console, the controller that it's on, yeah, the, sure. a bunch of people making a shooter in an age when shooters weren't as defined. And, like, you know, they made yeah. mistakes, but they still made a great thing out of it. This is just, like... When you talk about like every shooter now being requiring precision, you take that thing this of like of you take that thing of like James Bond with the PP7 in the original Goldeneye walk into a room and you go pew 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 and kill like eight people because there's auto aim. This is literally like you know what James Bond well maybe he does but you know what James Bond shouldn't have to do crouch behind a box and <laughs> pop up and shoot a guy in the head perfectly and then crouch back down and wait for his health to regenerate and then pop back up and shoot I another guy I watched you guys head. get to the back half of that game and it, it felt, it's so cold. Like, it was, like, indistinct. Like, I nobody would walk in a room and be like, oh, that's Goldeneye. Like, it's... it's it, in the first level or two, it, it seemed boring. you can. There are that's, parts where you can be like, right, this is yeah, Goldeneye. Yeah. And then by the end, that's what... The thing is, like, the story gets so un recognizable yeah. the environments get so unrecognizable like you have these environments that are based directly on the movie as reference and you're remaking the game that is so close to the movie and you just go no throw that all out and start over there's a there's a one level where it starts out you're at a weapons conference yeah. and then you go on a boat and i don't remember what the well, why oh that's meant to be frigate oh that's meant to be frigate yeah that is it <laughs> but it's like yeah that's yeah. that's a running theme when you watch when i watch matt play this game he's just like what level is this supposed to be <laughs> yeah and then like halfway through he'll see one thing and be like 
is this really supposed to be like bunker? Like yeah. what the yeah. fuck? <laughs> That's so. You know what? As a perfect example, you brought up you know the runway thing. It's like, uh, I think my perfect the perfect example of like how shoved through a hole the gold night theme was <laughs> you show up to to surface okay mm-hmm. now surface you always it always starts out the same way you always uh in you always infiltrate stealthily like he always is crouching and you mm-hmm. see yeah there's like, like takedowns you see like this vista of the golden eye satellite or not the golden eye satellite the um uh the antenna the dish, yeah. Uh, yeah the dish the satellite dish in surface and it's like oh man holy crap how are they going to redo this and then it starts out for like it's like the first maybe like 10 minutes of level it's like stealth but almost immediately, like 10 seconds into the level, it's like, Bond, another army has arrived to take it. And they're like, tanks start driving by, and there's like armies of soldiers walking oh by, and you're god. like, oh my god, you can't make this game if there's not just a massive firefight. Yeah. And I'm just like, and then halfway through, literally, I can just summarize the formula of that entire game. Bond infiltrates stealthily for like one minute, something goes wrong, and everything is a fi- it's a firefight. Was, it, was that game that long, or did it just feel long? It was long. It was long? Uh, God. Long, I think then you yeah, know it was like, it was yeah it was it was pretty long because each hour each level took like maybe an hour like or yeah, so that's yeah the thing is, it, there are yeah. less levels right because yeah. they're in in uh goldeneye there are what 20 levels yeah 18 besides the two that you unlock mm-hmm. but like i think this has like a call of duty length campaign so it's technically longer because there are 18 levels in goldeneye all of them are they're, they're pretty short. Yeah, even if you do a bad controls. even if you do a bad job, most of them are beatable in under ten minutes. Yeah. So That's true. It's like right. what, three hours if you do a bad job and play <laughs> through the whole thing and it's like, whereas this is like, oh well, it's it's only twelve levels now, but each of those levels is like drawn forty five minutes to a half an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. It's such an odd like pitch too. Like it's like there's so many degrees of separation. It's like I can't think of another time that this has happened before where it's a uh, game based on a game based on a movie yeah like yeah. it's such a like <laughs> it's, it's it's if i could describe the formula of you know how it's like you know uh what do you call it golden eye the first one is broken up uh there's like levels but there's like kind of like chapters like chapter one is uh is uh you know arkhangelsk and chapter two is uh yeah 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 Severnaya. basically you can split the game up into those same chunks but it's always the same formula you show up you stealth your way through like the first half of the first level then the army shows up for you know just like it's like and because they can't have it so that well it, that's what Call of Duty is built for that is that's it. not what Call Bond of Duty is, yeah. yes that is what I'm saying it's yeah. like it is like they're shoving it through that hole so badly because Call of the Call of Duty formula is built entirely around the spectacle of these massive fights yes and so yeah. every single level you need to find a way be like how do we lead this to a massive <laughs> fight and so surface is just like first of all that level is very linear okay it's basically all gillied up. Uh, you know the first, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, yeah. and you're crawling around all these like a massive army of tanks, like trucks, and you're like, I can't even remember like the plot device they used to say it's just like like Bond, like it's like the Red Army is moving in for whatever. It's like, <laughs> oh, you just want this so you can set up the massive fight. Then in the middle of it is like the huge explosion, massive quarter fighting, you know, ducking behind cover, mm-hmm. and then the end of each chapter is always the same thing. Bond makes a daring escape by the skin of his teeth, <laughs> and it's just like that's that, wear thin because after a while. because that's what the cod that's what the cod formula yes, is. is, yeah, and it works in that context. Well, it works in it, that context because yeah, yeah. I, I just started picturing like if assets got left in by mistake, like you just pick up a, an M1 Grand or a, a yeah, guard yeah, shout yeah. something in German out of nowhere. Yeah, and it's um. 
there was a time where I was thinking about I was thinking about Bond games, and I, I was laggy online. If I'm talking about that, no, no, I was gonna say I actually forgot. I beat it in two parts. The first was when you guys watched me, and then mm-hmm. finally uh, uh, over Austin's place. I forgot I had beaten the game. I had to remind mm-hmm. myself. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> like I have achievements for this. Yeah, I'm like, I'm just like, man, I only got up to jungle, and then I sat there. I'm like, no, wait a second, I <laughs> That's beat how it. Much it just got pushed. It, to yo, like it a just was so, dude, it was so forgettable. Yeah. It was. Uh, and yeah. uh, so that, that's that's GoldenEye uh, 007 2010 or 2011. Reloaded. Um, but uh, And also, I uh, believe it was you in our interview, Matt, who, who pulled this quote from uh, Elisa's book that uh, yeah. not even GoldenEye could beat GoldenEye. Yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, that led know, into that our conversation. I mean, yeah, that led into our conversation about nostalgia and a game being a time and a place. You could you cannot remake GoldenEye yeah. because the time... Because even, for- even yeah. GoldenEye itself. Yes. Is no, like, but you uh, can remake a game... No, yeah. And make a new time and a place, and not make a piece of shit. Agree. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why I said yeah, Resi and yeah. yeah, yeah. Other other studios have done it and mm-hmm. are continuing to do it. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, that uh, that game was that game. It's uh, it's a thing. So why not just re-release the N sixty four version? The Wii Virtual Console uh, shop was slaying it. What's the problem? I mean, uh, heck, what if uh, it were even updated to a current day standard? Well, this. Almost came to fruition back in 2007 uh, for Rare's, or sorry, for GoldenEye's 10th anniversary, Rare had begun to construct in secrecy a tried and true remaster for the popular Xbox Live arcade service. Unlike the remake, the gameplay was to remain intact while the textures would receive a slick update with with the frame rate running at a buttery smooth 60 frames per second. A toggle on the controller was even... uh, like uh, built in for players to conveniently switch back and forth from each graphical display type at their leisure. Online multiplayer with extra maps from the campaign were introduced. Um, it was perfect. Uh, it improved but faithful at the same time. It'd purely be it. Something to stop the countless requests. Alas, with only the last of the bug testing phase left, the project was sadly terminated. Disputes between the overlords at Microsoft and the notoriously stubborn Nintendo combined with Activision and the film-licensed holders at Eon Productions and Sony Pictures halted any such pitch to see the light of day. Um, A colossal bummer since Perfect Dark was permitted to get a similar HD treatment in 2010, and that was fantastic, uh, convincing people just how strong that base foundation in these shooters were. Oh, yeah. And in fact... um Time Splitters 2 on the Xbox as well looked absolutely yeah. and dude it was like dude that game looks Speaking glorious of like if that's your sale like it's like they're, they're just like hey like they uh, shined a light on it but then so I think uh, the, more I can't remember it was like a, I think that they said the number the number of bugs left in their ticket queue was like something like 50 or some like very low number it's of bugs it's pretty slim which I just want to point out listen if you work in tech as a coder developer whatever 50 tickets left to finish a product entirely is nothing. Okay. There is like, you know, it's like, especially, mm-hmm. especially think oh, about yeah. modern game development. Like I'm telling you when that, when I say that m- number is so significant because there are games out there and products where it's like, they could be, it could be well into its life cycle. And the ticket queue has got to be like, you know, in the hundreds of bugs to fix or whatever. And it's just like, it has to be devastating to get that far. To get that the, far. You have process. no, you have no idea when I, when I read that number, like how close to the finish line that I the the second I read the number I was like they are they were at the finish and that line. idea is all anyone really wanted like they could have saved so like with this you didn't need this this we made what was you know? what like was the the Easter egg someone hid before they leaked it 
They said something like, oh, we'll, get, oh. we'll get to the leaks. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll, you know, I won't spoil it then. But then, well, I think it's funny that it's like, like no one no one understood why, because it was a secret first. It wasn't yeah. announced. And yeah, then yeah. and then no one understood why it was canceled. And then finally, the leak finally revealed the true, the true so, yeah, the, the, villain. The Nintendo was the largest obstacle of them, reportedly, uh, with then-president uh, Satoru uh, Iwata himself exclaiming that GoldenEye 007 should forever be cemented as a Nintendo exclusive and therefore blocked its launch. Um, rumor is that Eon in particular wasn't exactly gunning for it too because of having to manage its uh, tenacious mid-2000s brand identity with the Craig cycle of Bond yeah. merchandise. Um, they didn't want to meddle with that. But um, to pile on insult to injury, uh, Wii owners weren't able to buy it as a downloadable and Rare wasn't allowed to initially include the game on its 2015 Rare Replay compilation. Uh, apparently work was already in progress for it to be there, but seeing as the studio didn't technically own the likenesses to those characters, the reps were advised to say no. Uh, more on that in a minute. Uh, oh, and uh, somebody internally wasn't satisfied with that answer and quietly posted... Um, on the internet, the uh, the online, the, the the completed making of video that was produced in the same vein as the other titles featured in the collection. Yeah. Uh, wow. Oh, I didn't see yeah, that. Yeah, it's on YouTube. So and it, it's crazy because it's like the same like style, like format. Like it's like you see like yeah. you know the like like oh they're they're sitting down with the same people at, at the same sets. But yeah. it, so it's like you know they're they're ones on that that are actually on there where they they discuss like a. Banjo Kazooie and yeah. Dark, whatever, and Conquer, and then it's like, oh, there's a Goldeneye one. <laughs> like it's like that. They they were pretty convinced that it was like it's, this was going to work out, and it's almost it's almost like reaching like it almost reaches farcical levels. It's like every single person wanted the remake. They wanted it in Rare Replay. It's like yeah. they, even like they had the video, and it's like That's why it's, it was the White Whale. It's so funny yeah. that it's just like there is so much that like they were like it can't see the light of day, and it's like why. Everyone's on the same team, but yeah. a different team. But in a terms different of team. Compensation. Yeah. yeah, that's it. That's it. Uh, for now, though, it was securely locked back away in that vault. Um, Free Radical, facing bankruptcy and employment uh, employment payment issues, was getting acquired by Crytek, only to be renamed as Crytek UK before shuttering in 2014, following Crisis Two and Three. Portions of their stuff were then transferred to the newly organized Dambuster Studios. Uh, that was until they uh, <laughs> like. Uh, financial struggles, um, you know, hit them uh, post the two humdrum home front entries. Yeah. Uh, Austin, you played that. <laughs> didn't, yes. Didn't well, they, they do didn't, Philly dirty? They didn't do, yes, but they didn't do home front one. Oh, they didn't. I, I thought Ka they might have assisted on it, maybe. Maybe. Okay, Chaos they, they, Studios did it. Oh, okay. They led uh, the revolution, though. Yes, that's, they that's made the, the revolution. Whoa, wait a second. Club Chaos, Chaos Studios, Connection? Everything is just looping back on <laughs> And also, as, as Matt pointed out, uh, Homefront the Revolution was the one that had the Time Splitters 2 I, I was going to let if Austin you, talk about his time with that. I that know people like hacked it to find the rest of the game, not just if you want to, If you want to see why... Uh, you don't open no. There's no video game development studios in New York City. Look up Chaos Studios. Wait, oh. really? Are there yes. Not enough tax breaks, or, or yeah, not enough tax breaks would cost way too much money for yeah. office space. So no art um, grants. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I would also so funnily enough, uh, despite being the financial capital of the world, uh, there are very few uh, uh, crypto startups in New York City because the financial regulation of that mm -hmm. city, or even just the city, are so tight that literally no new financial startups could even start there. Yeah. That is how tight the financial regulations are. <laughs> but yes, I bought 
Homefront: The Revolution. The game is bad. It's like a. I'm excited at the prospect of that Philly setting, but I I I, I saw it at your house, and it's you know, it's not Philly. It's not. They, they at all. took yeah. like specific landmarks and kind of recreated. They them, had a sky map, um, or what's it? A uh, like a not a map painting, but it's just like a back, like you know, like skybox. Yeah, skybox. Yeah. Um, but oh, oh, whoa, really? That was all they did? No, no, no. There's it's not all they like, did. The, it's just the art museum is in there, and like favorite. Love Park is in there, and yeah. the the uh, yeah, um, the art museum. Did I say that already? You did. <laughs> I think that's it. <laughs> Independence Hall? Yeah, facsimile of, like, the docks. I think the Liberty Bell's in there. The Rocky statue? I don't know if that's in there. (laughs) Did everybody say John all the time? No, they're all all Koreans. (laughs) What about all the hypodermic needles? (laughs) No, yeah. Um, But, yes, there is one hotel that they recreated, and I don't remember the name of the hotel, but... Mm. You have to get pretty far into the game, which is why I played a decent chunk. Right, of it. it is not like accessible from the menu. No. You have to, yeah, but you, there's like a, a revolution revolution base in Homefront, and you go in there, and there's an arcade machine, and then you can hit a button to play the arcade machine, and it launches up the demo of Time Splitters Two. <laughs> yeah, uh, fully recreated in HD with modern controls and even PC and what. Or mouse and keyboard support if you're on PC, but and it looks great and it plays it, great. No, it really does. But it's like, what this was this? What do you think the intention was behind that? Probably why do that work? They probably an Easter egg, just a tongue in cheek reference to their prior. You don't think work. it was like, hey, we could just remaster this game? Like we have the ability to. So okay, here's the problem. I bet that would have worked if it weren't buried in Homefront. Right, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Deeply, if they wanted to do that, it wasn't even advertised until like if they wanted to like do out. that, it's like put it within the first hour, and then it's like even like there, how many people even bought Homefront two that got that far in the game? Yeah, you know? it doesn't. Question. I think I yeah. redboxed the first one. I imagine it is probably some combination of like we could do this, but I imagine that they also probably did that as some sort of proof of concept pitch for. Mm-hmm. Deep Silver to be like, hey, we can redo Time Splitters. We own Yoda, the rights, yeah. and we can like remaster it. And uh, they probably were like, nah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it 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 functions. There's no problems with it. It works. It's the it's the damn level, and then I think the Chicago level. Yeah, and I, I you know something too. Yeah, I think I, I saw you you play like it looks. Yeah, it looks great. And mm-hmm. I mean that game already looked. The animation was beautiful. Yeah, for two- when you said 2002, I was like, oh, my God. It's like, dude, the, <laughs> yeah. the care, the animation and the facial expressions in that game are mm-hmm. so well done. Yeah. Uh, it looks better than Homefront the Revolution. <laughs> it does. And then we will um, return to Dam Buster Studios as well. But uh, besides that, um, Activision was tripping over themselves with the, as of 2023, final Bond games to flounder onto the scene. Bloodstone from Bizarre Creations, the talented... Uh, you know, folks that, that gave us Project Gotham Racing and more importantly, Geometry Wars and Blur. And then there was the, uh, also the woeful 007 Legends uh, from Eurocom. Yeah. Yeah. Each starring Danny Craig and each forgettable. Um, mm-hmm. I think Legends yeah. has like a 30-something on Metacritic. It's, it's real. So bad. was Bloodstone simply mediocre? Yeah. Oh, wasn't it also just another COD iteration? No. No, no, it was it's actually a third-person shooter. It, it, it was trying for something different. Okay, it's based on Bizarre. Also, did the club? And oh it's my based, god! It's the based club. on their engine for the club. I forgot. Oh, wow. But Bizarre also did Project Gotham Racing, and so there are parts of the game like that are racing companies get into shooters. There are there are parts of the game that are like 
third-person shootery like the club, and then yeah. there are other parts of the game that are racing parts that are based on their experience with Blur and... I also read it that one. I, I remember being better than the Quantum Assault yeah. 16 Real game, like, significantly. Yeah. But, it, but Legends... Mm-hmm. Man, so Legends... Uh, God, I think I... This might have also been a Hollywood video or blockbuster thing, and, and like I remember like, returning it like the next morning. It, it it involves these like playable vignettes of James's yeah. memories in the middle of the opening to Skyfall when he gets shot and falls off the train, mm-hmm. and then you 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 go into the or you land into the water, and then it it it's like his memories, and then it it it, it you pull it <laughs> it pulls moments from the film's back catalog it, it had like the the bank raid from goldfinger and then there was like a level from honor majesty secret service it was a strange idea so i do that was a call of duty reskin so like more evident than ever it's funny that they came up with this game that's just vignettes but because they needed on the wii u because they needed a reason to do that they're like well how do we tie this in with skyfall oh We'll make this what is going through his mind when he falls from the train in the water as this framing story, completely unnecessary framing yes. story, or even better, a framing story that could have been better yeah. than that. But it's like that is the best framing story you could come up with. It because I think it was it was five levels from each one of the um, or five mini campaigns, not levels. Yeah. Like so, it'd be like they chose Goldfinger for Sean Connery. View to a kill for Roger Moore. Okay, the only Lazenby, and then licensed to uh, you know licensed to kill for Timothy Dalton, and then I think Die Another Day, which it, no, it, well that was all that was left. Die Another Day was the only Brosnan uh, oh entry that didn't have a game. Have a game. We should take a look at this sometime. Mm-hmm. Well, we how have we not actually like, <laughs> like, dude? You've actually just actually spurred my curiosity <laughs> to be honest with you I, I think copies are pretty cheap but uh so by 2012 activision and the bond property um filed for divorce keeping the metaphor going yeah yeah uh which was fine enthusiasts were fatigued of their cadence and also getting their golden i feel via via emulation and Numerous community fan projects. Oh, yeah. Um, there was GoldenEye Source, as mm-hmm. well as Goldfinger 64 and yeah. GoldenEye X. Uh, the first coming from a dedicated group of amateur modders aiming to keep the concept of or spirit alive of GoldenEye yeah. by recreating the OG campaign and multiplayer, but in the Half-Life 2 uh, Source engine. Yeah, and and I mean, especially when that, that game uh, was announced, like the Source engine was beautiful. It was yeah, like, that was, it's like uh, you, that was top of the line. Uh, yeah, and it's like and you that. looked at the screenshots they took and you're like, oh my God, I yeah. can't wait. And it was like, especially after Half-Life 2, there's so much detail you can put into those levels that it's just like, I was so, yeah. I was like. Now yeah. it's a little dated, but it's like, I mean, Source 2 is, you know, but it's, you know, uh, yeah. it's um if that felt too inauthentic though, uh, then those other ones might tickle your fancy. Made with the original tools to play on an N64. Uh, 17 passionate designers made a whole texture swap of GoldenEye 007, but now telling the plot of the movie Goldfinger. Yeah. This came with its own uh, bespoke assets, new missions, environments, musical score, sound effects, gadgets and gun models with unique attributes. Like it's, I, I know this came up in our interview. Like it's, it's super neat. I, and I actually was able to grab a card of it on eBay. And yeah. Me and you dipped into it yep. a, a little. And yeah. I think what, what, that up what was even, uh, what was very funny is that we played the game and we got 
maybe halfway through. I can't remember yeah, where we yeah, ended. Yeah, we, we were we were like a little over third uh, to halfway, and, and then we decided to watch the movie that night. And then we watched the and movie, like, and oh, they studied this like the Golden Eye. Like, yo, uh, like I did. pointed out in um, it was like maybe the second level. I'm like looking around the room where you're in, and I'm like, why is there this weird flag, flag here? hanging up on the wall? And hanging then up like, on the wall. Uh, yeah. And then we well, we watched that the movie, wild. and you're like, there's the flag, and I'm <laughs> yeah. like, no, yeah. And then that's when we realized it's like they literally just took the movie and recreated the sets exactly from I like the movie. being confined in those restrictions like only like yeah that was the one thing I will say only, is the environments were much larger yeah but those open the, spaces are but tough the open things. spaces that made the frame rate chug immensely it's like what if half the levels were jungle uh, yes that's and you know it's and even more than that because the thing is the thing that GoldenEye the GoldenEye team did uh, is they, they kind of knew what their limitations they were. knew what their limitations were, were and Basically, they knew that on those large levels it was going to chug, so they found ways to to hide it, to hide it, and yeah. do it. But these guys, obviously not experienced, you know, program in sixty four. They basically made the scale one to one to the movie sets, and some of the levels are like you are in a hotel. Yes, I was. I was just about to bring up the yeah. hotel. The big the uh, hotel yeah. is literally like it is every floor is modeled. It's like you didn't need to get that. You didn't need to get that detailed, yeah. but also it's like. I remember running around and finally we got to the top floor and then the room we went in and then the woman was there that we needed to meet and we're like, oh my God, it's just like, we had no idea. Like, and yeah. then, well, you know, if we had watched the movie before- We, we wouldn't know where to go. Yeah, but yeah. but the thing is, not only is there a lot of verticality in there, you can look out the windows out onto this massive pool area and that is where the frame rate just bottomed out yeah. because it's like, no, you guys like, like you can't have these big open environments like modern, you know, it's like just- just like if you have to fake do what, it, just do what you need to do to, yeah, to, it's like, to capture. If you have like, to you fake know. it, just make all of the windows in that hotel just textures, but you can't model that outside along with it. Yeah, know? no, I agree. Um, and uh, oh, and uh, GoldenEye X is basically an in progress version of uh, GoldenEye in the Perfect Dark engine, and yeah. like with those features, the reload animations, the blood splatters, the AI bots reverses. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Um, I know that Goldfinger 64 is uh, often cited as a uh, as like a, a triumph for the custom scene with its scale and, and degree of devotion to the craft. It, and then, it, it, genu- it genuinely was the realest sequel that yeah. like to that game that we're also, ever going to get. The fact that it was on a cart and we played it on a Nintendo 64. Yeah, it was yeah. it was it was a surreal kind of feeling to be totally. honest with you. Gosh, we do have to. Yeah. yeah. Um, and all of these you can witness for yourself right now. By the way, uh, either on a computer or OG hardware by use of an EverDrive or in our case, in that one, uh, an actual cart, and uh, yeah, but uh, and also I believe there's a Doom wad for Goldeneye still out there, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, then a that there's also a, a very detailed Far Cry Five mod where they're, oh. they, that they're yeah the Far Cry with. Arcade yes it's yeah, like yeah. an in game it's not a mod I don't think oh okay that's not it's in like I it, didn't know how they to had like an in game map builder in Far Cry Five and I think okay. that's what they used yeah gotcha and uh, I didn't want to get into the GoldenEye 25 thing that was uh, in Unreal 4, considering fucking MGM cease and desisted them. Yeah. <laughs> so shitty. Uh, so let me take y'all into the uh, 2020s, uh, an unusually active time period for our topic. Uh, on January 30th, 2021, YouTuber and GoldenEye academic and speedrunner with the uh, uh, the alias Gradslu, uh, double O, he's, he's referenced in the book, um, he yeah. uploaded a full two-hour walkthrough of the legendary Lost... Uh, uh, XBLA remaster. Yeah, yeah. Um, while various footage and screenshots have made their way to the public since 2016, this shit was the entire game in its 4K 60 FPS glory. Uh, he stated the nearly finished beta build was sent to him by an anonymous party 
probably an ex-rare employee, no doubt. And uh, it looked fucking beautiful. The, the new texture models, the tightened up controls, the smoothness of the gameplay. Ars Technica, Eurogamer, and Kotaku swooped in to cover the story. Oh, yeah. Then within days, the said ROM was spreading around on the internet like a California yeah. wildfire. From 4chan <laughs> to Pirate Bay, the floodgates were open. Soon people were discussing it on Twitter and streaming it on Twitch. I know, I yoinked it. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, no, I, I grabbed yeah. it off of a... Yeah, I... I, I, I downloaded it and then went around the house and was like does anybody want the golden eye yeah. leak yeah. I, was I was like, like, like hell like, yeah what yeah, I think you asked me I was like wait wait hold on I like reach into my my thing and grab my USB I'm like, I'm like I'm like no, give it nobody could believe that this was now obtainable uh, to them in any form and after uh, 14 years in the ether like it's it's exactly what the quabblers such as myself were clamoring for yeah uh kirk cope and head of xbox phil spencer spoke on how they never thought the availability of this was ever in the cards yeah uh and outside of a small scattering of visual bugs and technical hiccups on certain mission objectives the emulator xena ran the shit like a dream it stayed loyal to the artistic vision but could finally be experienced with dual joysticks and at a consistently high frame rate. It didn't even take long for fans to modify the file, fixing the glitches, and putting Dr. Doke back in when it was discovered that he was removed. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> See, this one, like, again, what I'm saying, it's like when Kotaku and all these outlets cover the leak and all these people on Twitter openly... Just start like, looking for it. No, well, it's like, that's like, it's like this, it's one of those things where it's like this, like, like barely, it's an open secret, but barely a secret how much people want this. Yeah. But they, it's like... It's literally these, it's these publishers just like, just, it's all about just these contracts. I, Everybody I wants it. It's just illegal stuff. Snide, uh, the intro, like the, the, you know, the text that just said, yep. what did it say? Set me free MGM, I think. No, yeah. well, no, no, no. It was, uh, no, before that, it said, did you expect me to remove the, oh, yeah, the yeah. Nintendo logo or something? Yeah. yeah no, I expect you to no, die. No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. Yeah, like yeah. I forget. <laughs> yep. And uh, as you guys saw uh, just uh, like two hours ago, that uh, this same uh, gentleman has been trying to walk people through playing it on the on, Xbox. On the actual Xbox, yeah. yeah. Um, so, man, almost dude. There. My God, dude, the fans of this IP, just like, it's yeah. just like... Relentless. Uh, they, I love yeah, really relentless. Yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> uh, so, the, the licensees... Uh, they stayed. They stayed silent. <laughs> uh, for such a monumental title, Goldeneye was barely even acknowledged on any of their websites, potentially out of fear of repercussion. Um... But was that it? If only. The XBLA situation just boosted the optimistic potential that a formal version of the remaster was still possible. In October 2021, Nintendo requested that the game be reclassified for a rating in Germany, and then it left us with some, like, a serious question. Could this be that? Mm -hmm. um, or was this a connection to their recent, the, the soft launch of the Switch Online Expansion Pass that included uh, emulated choosings plucked from the N64's approved library, um, speculation tended to gravitate towards the latter, but hey, it was a clue. Um, the theories then flowed when just before New Year's Eve, later that December, an Xbox achievement list unceremoniously made its way to a couple websites. It was an agreement, finally, finally reached, when that satisfied every fucking party. Um, these rumors circulated for months into the winter. It was going to be the, uh, the OG's 25th anniversary that fall, after all. A proper announcement was set to come any day now. Well, tragically, something far more significant and world-affecting than a silly video game re-release would occur. On uh, February 24th, 2022, Russian forces had ruthlessly invaded the country of Ukraine. 
Ongoing tensions between the two nations were rapidly escalating since the Russo War of 2014. This then culminated in the drastic military action to lead an unprecedented attack on the territory and its occupied citizens, resulting in the deaths of tens of thousands and the displacement of millions. Why is this dose of real-world inhumanity relevant? Uh, suddenly the appetite for pop culture entertainment containing stories focusing around a conflict involving Russia left people with a feeling of unease. Or at least that's what the reps at Microsoft or Nintendo might have thought. That April, the latter had respectfully chosen to push their upcoming Advanced Wars 1 Plus 2 reboot camp in response and GoldenEye's abundance of associated imagery likely caused it to follow suit. Um... One could argue that decision was a tad overly sensitive, depending on how you view it. The Advance War series may have always been slightly too celebratory regarding the concept of humans at war, but it's shying away from any realistic violence, along with its juxtaposed chibi cartoon art style, typically prevented any consumers from drawing the, you know, like, yeah, connecting they, those dots. They took they took out the hunting knife. <laughs> <laughs> uh, James's adventure, despite being written in the 90s, came more closer to home, I suppose. That and its inclusion of killing in a POV perspective, or maybe distributors were afraid that the game's narrative could have been seen as a political statement. I mean, you do kill a lot of Russians in that <laughs> yeah, game. I mean, no official yeah. word was ever given, so we'll never really know for sure. Yeah. Um, whatever the reason, GoldenEye faded back into the dark. Uh, only temporarily, though, as during a Nintendo Direct on September 30th, it was revealed the Revolutionary Classic was being ported over for Switch owners um, that were subscribed to their online expansion pass program as a part of the N64 channel, a tier that had previously faced controversy due to uh, its poor emulation of its catalog. Um, or due to the poor emulation of its catalog. But yeah, the, I mean, we've... Uh, I don't know if we've ever discussed this on air, but it's like even people point out stuff in like the Ocarina of Time. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, like, Dark Link didn't render properly. <laughs> really? When, I, when it came it's out. Fucked. You know what I just realized, actually? I think in virtually every single level of GoldenEye's campaign, minus the minus the two extra ones, you are killing Russians, except for Frigate, where you're killing French Marines. No, they're pirates. No, never mind. They are pirates. Never mind. I was about That's to say it was just like, special forces, man. Yep, never mind. I just <laughs> realized, but it's like you no, know, virtually every level of that game either takes place in Russia, or you are. Killing, I mean, except maybe the Cuban so levels. It's, well, it's, it's a lot of, are, like, it, um, you're, you're waging a lot of, of violence against soldiers as opposed to most of their bond stories where it's just thugs, thugs right? Yeah. Like, it's always, like, because a lot of the people that Ormam is leading don't, <laughs> they don't know yeah. what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, sorry, just an observation. No, I thought, about, no you're like, right. I, yeah. I, I, kinda, I, I, I don't like think of The joke it. that you made when I was doing the level with the tank in it. Uh, and I ran over that guy, oh, and yeah. Randy was like, that guy that has a great. family. And then you were like, don't worry, he's a communist. <laughs> <laughs> <Aww>. yeah. <laughs> People aware of our uh, politics on the show know that's... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that we're being ironic. Um, but uh, in partnership with this, uh, Rare and Microsoft uh, also tweeted that the release would be coming to Xbox platforms as well. And so this is where it gets... Uh, Confusing in terms of purchasability and features across the two versions. Yeah. Um, neither storefront offered the ability to outright own the game up front. Um, there was no physical edition available, nor an option that allowed you uh, a local file to keep in perpetuity. The title would also not see a PC launch. Uh, odd when you consider Microsoft's adherence to its Play Anywhere initiative. Um, Xbox console exclusivity had long ended. Uh, probably since Halo 5 in 2015. That was mm-hmm. probably the last one. Um, which interesting. Um, no, you know what was the last one? What's that? Rare Replay. 
Oh, that was the same year. I guess that was a- that was after. Right. Or no, they might have been around the same time, but those were the two last ones. And it, and it's funny because literally every other Halo is... Yeah. Yeah, is you can find elsewhere. Um, so on Switch, your single path was to be signed up for their paid yearly service. Uh, letting that sublapse meant you'd be locked out of it. On the positive side, it was here that you could dive into the multiplayer online remotely with your friends. No matchmaking, but st- and, but still split screen as the mode was more technically designed around the mimicking of your buddy sitting next to you. Their Dr. Mario and F-Zero X and whatnot work uh, the same way. Um, yeah, well, uh, it's it's an emulator. Uh, right, yeah, it's, it's like... Um, it's still playing the game locally, but it's translating your controls over the internet. Ah, that's it's an emulator hack. It's not you like can one do that. Person, like host. You can yeah, do, it with a lot you can of do stuff. that on an emulator as well. That that's why it's still split What's screen. The, the that wasn't one? a choice. Oh that yeah, because they're not going to remake it. Yeah, yeah. But um, uh, or redo it rather. But the uh, uh, and the the Switch version was uh, also to be compatible with their first party USB Nintendo sixty four controller peripheral. That no one can find because scalpers scoop them all up to flip on eBay for exorbitant prices. I didn't even know they made that. You know what's funny? Those wanting that maximum authenticness came with a cost. I have a mini rant about this, and I'll just do it on the air. Oh, sure. Um, my birthday is coming up. But also, <laughs> but also uh, your brother's birthday is also coming up. And he was talking about playing GoldenEye on there. And right. for 15 minutes, uh, the Nintendo... It went if up Chris, again? If Chris, if you hear this, I apologize. It, it went it went back up, and I had the thought where I was like, oh, that'd be a good gift for Chris. Yeah. And I didn't do it selfishly because Nintendo only lets you order one per account. Right. I think they said that in the direct. Yeah. Yes. And I was like, what if I want it in the future? <laughs> that's, I mean, that's that. I mean, that's perfectly They're reasonable. Yeah. yeah it is. But I thought if, if I could have bought more than one per account, which you should be able to, because guess what? Nintendo 64 is a four player fucking console. <laughs> yeah, um, but if I could have, I would have gotten one. If you buy if, one, if of it those, didn't sell out like those PC and six, like the, the, they're not efficient. No, that doesn't work. No, because that thing isn't USB. It's, oh, I thought it's, it was. It, no, it works wirelessly with the Switch, just like a Joy-Con. Oh, or like, it's or like the Pro Controller. Okay. I mean, I th- uh, at least it doesn't cons- have the Wii attachments like the SNES and. No, yeah, the, the console reads it like a Pro Controller. It's just the buttons gotcha. are mapped. The layout is, yeah. Because you can technically play the game with a Pro Controller. So yeah. it's just like doing that. It's just the buttons are mapped all weird. Mm. I guess, I, I mean, if it makes you feel any better, I. Uh, Chris one time got home from the game store, found something cool there, and was like, "Yo, I think I'm gonna give this to Randy." And then he was like, "Oh, I remember oh, that." Okay, good. I'm like, "Did you tell?" I was like, he oh, I'm, I'm, "I'm outing." Chris found a a, 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 a an OG GameCube cartridge cleaner, and was gonna. It was just like, "Yeah, you think Randy would like this?" Like, he's like, "Dude, I just want to keep this myself. It's so cool." And I was like, "Dude, <laughs> do yeah, do." I'm glad he told you that story. <laughs> did, though. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I ended up with Super Castlevania Four because of it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. back on the uh the various Xboxes. Uh, the avenue you had was either to be a member of Game Pass or or have the digital copy of Rare Replay installed. You were out of luck if you bought the disc, like I did. Um, however, it was in the X family that you could earn achievements, take advantage of their cross-save system, and uh, stream uh, via the cloud. Mm-hmm. Um uh, internet death matches were suspiciously absent from this version, although your default controls included a more modern dual uh, joystick method as well as 4K support. Both had an uh, increased aspect ratio for widescreen, and both had hella issues. <laughs> 
when each of these re-releases eventually saw their debut in January of 2023, it didn't take much for fans to realize that shit was kind of jacked. Yes, it absolutely is a miracle that this even happened and that gamers aren't required to dig through old hardware or tinker with emulators for their GoldenEye needs, but whether it be the... hasteful development or legal restrictions or lack of resources or all of the above, this quote-unquote remaster was pretty haphazard. Um, It was evident from the start that this was not going to be anything like that fabled XBLA build. New textures? Nope. Tight-ass controls? Nah. Um, What about 60 FPS? Come on, that's the bare minimum for a game this ancient. I was going to say, if I could could lament one... even do that. If I could lament one thing uh, about the remake, it would be like that game needed 60 fps yeah uh, or even 30 and it's funny because you were you were disappointed because the game was locked at 20 on the switch 20 frames i thought that was a miracle because <laughs> god dang it dude that game can dip even so, lower than that yeah on switch it, it only ran moderately faster than the 64 original uh while it was a locked 30 on xbox uh, not that you could tell with the sheer amount of hitching you'd get. Yeah. Uh, Digital Foundry does a whole breakdown of why this is, if you wish to educate your, yourself more on that. And further on, there was bugs galore. Um, on Xbox, the sound quality was weak, so noticeable that Grant Kirkhope posted about the missing layers to the watch menu music. Yeah. Um, numerous glitches were found where seams in the geometry would rip and flicker yeah. in and out of existence. I the, noticed that too. That That is also something I noticed on yeah. Surface. Yes, as you're walking, the, it's yeah. very obvious. It it literally looks like a like it literally looks like a blanket is being like our comforter is being stretched <laughs> to the point where the patches are being pulled apart. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. very obvious. Um, the button mappings then weren't instituted properly, making strafing near impossible unless you retweak them yourself. Same with enab- enabling the weapon sway. Um, perhaps the most egregious to me was when several achievements wouldn't unlock correctly, uh, <sighs> forcing yeah. us to have to re basically like redo a handful of challenges. Uh, can't activate the cheats by any other means since the combinations are now disabled. Because unlocking them activates the achievement. Bingo. Um, Switch kept those and had less compressed audio and environment tearing, uh, but then dealt with worse pop-in frame rate, and uh, there you had to change your inputs at a system level to use two mismatched Joy-Cons in order to move with analog control. Right. And also, I said this before, but shoot was on left trigger? The fuck? It was Listen, a mess. Playable. Playable. But a mess. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, you know what? I think this goes back to, uh, you know, the patience in playing retro, playing retro games. Uh, I played it on single analog stick, and it's just like one of those things where it's like, in old games, you can't configure old games. It was designed game. around single analog stick. That doesn't bother me as much as the shooting on left trigger. <laughs> but I think that's strange. <laughs> anyway, anyway. if I, Listen, if I could recommend a version, okay, I I will admit I will cop to uh, L whatever it's referred yeah ZL, yeah ZL uh, I will cop to it's like yeah you know uh, the Xbox version is far far more egregious based on what I played the Switch does leave some to be desired if you're going to play a version I strongly recommend like I cannot say how much I recommend you play the Switch version if you're gonna play a version I get that XBLA like, you know? uh, oh god <laughs> you know I think is this the split <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna be the Switch cause dude it, it, it played it played actually I thought very well on this uh, Switch enjoy your non-achievements motherfucker I think you should play the Wii one that's my position <laughs> right <laughs> Additionally, the on-screen text was blurry. Decals inaccurately rendering. Uh, little care to accessibility. 
which like yeah. fixed that shit. There were frequent instances where guards would overclone, getting shot through walls by enemies or drone guns was common, uh, which murder on tougher difficulties, like it was crazy. Um, speculation began to travel amongst the community on why this job felt so rushed and bare bones. Like this was fucking gold and I were talking about. Showed some love. And like, I don't know, I get it. I, I doubt the bulk of these shortcomings were even uh, a large enough of a uh, detractor for most people. Yeah. It's still the same experience at its core. That'll always be fun. Except that doesn't excuse those of us that were there in 1997 from expecting more. Um, everybody deserved better. And this did an, an enormous disservice to the title's reputation in history. Plus, it reignited that annoying discourse on those questioning its passing of the test of time. All this gave was the impression that it was meant to serve as a quick, Dip into nostalgia and that's it. Yeah. I think it was basically they wanted to close the book on it and yeah. it kind of felt like that. I will say, you know, uh, I think I think like you said, it's like at its core, it's still fun. It's still the same experience. Um, it was robbed of an opportunity. Yeah. Uh, if, if so many other game series, because Lord knows there's tons of remakes out, okay? If a new generation gets to experience System Shock 2, Dead Space, Resident Evil, Resident Evil 4, Medrid Prime, in versions that are you know, in many ways better than the originals. But GoldenEye gets experienced by a generation of people of a version that is slightly lesser than the original. And it's like, that's not, that's not a great thing. And it's like, it is kind of, I feel like it is, it is a climax because I am very happy that it is available on a modern console. At least it wasn't the GTA trilogy. Yes, that is, you know, I'm happy that it's there and it's, it's, more accessible because, like, let's face it, the Nintendo 64 version is like it's it's yeah. very inaccessible now. I'm you know what I'm happy about that they yeah. did not put the word remaster, you know, on what? it, <laughs> <laughs> but 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 yeah, I think it's I think really the thing is it's it's a 25 year build up for uh a week a week ending. I think it would have been it's like it would have been the perfect ending to have that. I mean, just the expo or even like its own. You yeah, know, even its own original. Like, I wanted this to go out with a bang. You, know, you wanted to go with a bang, and it's just like, well, okay, you know, we got an ending, not the ending we wanted, but it's an ending. It's an ending. Yeah. Um. So compilation videos of the glitches got posted around. The developers who were tasked with the Xbox port code Mystics, uh, stayed silent when asked if uh if there was a roadmap for patches. Uh, but then spoke up on its wonky state, claiming that many of these problems came about uh, from their their use of the original ROM. Converting this from uh, SD to HD wasn't a simple undertaking, although the shifting of blame led to fans biting back with how they've discovered ways oh, to yeah. successfully make that transition years ago. Oh, yeah, no. Don't don't ever... Don't, don't ever. ever say that you can, like, no. oh, you think you could do better? It's like... Dude, don't people, underestimate. Yeah, people, like, yeah, the fans can have and already done. Yeah. Like it's like it, it, that, I think maybe that's why people are a little upset. Exactly. It's not that it's like this is the best we could do. It's like it's no, we already we, we already have done much better years ago. Yeah. It's just that you got it and you didn't know how to handle it. <laughs> A few programmers from the OG team were rumored to have wanted to reach out to give their assistance. Can't 100% confirm that. It it certainly would be in their character. Um, That said, we got what we got. It ain't nothing, you know. I'm sorry, I just had to air those grievances. But, uh, you know, my my hypothesis is that it was Nintendo's fault, not Code Mystics or Rare. I think the unfortunate circumstances surrounding it were were from the, you know, they're just, they were bound by the rights departments. You, you can only get so far if you aren't given full permission to that code. Yeah, and it also it also should be noted that 
fans have done better, but fans have infinite time and resources. Whereas, yeah, precisely, whatever yeah. contract was negotiated, will we won't never know. But it could be that Code Mystics was given enough budget for one person to do it, and they were given a couple of months to do it. That's and extremely like, possible. Yeah. They they could be very talented guys. I know they've done other remasters yeah. that have went better, yeah. and like, so maybe it was just a matter of like, they were like, okay, yeah, we're doing this Golden Eye thing. You do it, but like, one of you do it and do it in like two months, just and then it. the it's guy just, did his best. Yeah, but totally, it's just on its face, like a, a a game that old should be running at a you know, but but I, I mean, mean, it's it, the the fight of who had ownership to what proved more important than satisfying customers here. Um, yeah. Luckily, savvy enthusiasts would step in to continue providing repairs. You know, Godspeed. You know, them, but <laughs> yeah, to put it, to put my five to my final time, the tragedy is not what was delivered as much as what was missed. I think that is really, Oh man, that's no, that's perfect. Yes. Uh, and no it's like, what was delivered? I think, you know, it's there to say, you know, I, I summarize my thoughts. That's yeah, it. Yeah. That, that pretty much summarizes it. Um, any, just to wrap things up, uh, on a cooler note, free radical got reformed. Uh, in May of 2021, their parent company, Embracer Group, announced that the studio had been re uh, reborn as a subsidiary of Deep Silver with the intent uh, to bring our, the much-cherished Time Splitters IP back from the dead. And this with Steve Ellis and Dr. Doak at the wheel. Um, I'll see it when I believe it. I know. It, I'm anxiously waiting to hear more, but yeah. <laughs> Listen, I, I remember back Let's in, go. like, there was, like, an interview in, like, this was, like, right after Free Radical and people were their first, right after Free Radical went under and everybody was asking them, are you going to make another company? Are you going to mm -hmm. do this? And they were like, we're interested. We'll see. And nothing ever came up. I will believe it when it the game yes. is in there my There was hands. like a teaser, whether it was for, because they're, they're allowing, uh, speak, like, you know, going back to the fan thing, they're allowing, a, they're based to like, uh, to remaster Time Splitters 1, 2, and 3. Like they gave them permission. Yeah. And then they, there was like this really vague, video floating around about four, but that, that was also, that was I mean, also like I think some I, time. Ago. I think ready if they want, I hope they do a remaster first because that will generate startup capital for them to do time splitters for. That's right. why a lot of companies do remaster. Yeah. Just to gauge I think, interest in yeah. And I think those games give uh, people an option to be able to play them. Yeah. Those games are, 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 I can guarantee you, phenomenal. still phenomenal, yeah. still fun today. Ready, put a yeah. fresh coat of paint. All of us recently played through yeah. them not too long ago, and, and, and it's like and I can guarantee it'll sell. Yeah. So that point, like on top of that, like lesser things have been remastered at this point. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, you think of like SpongeBob the, Battle for Bikini Bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you think about like yeah, okay, they, they remastered Dead Space and Resident Evil, Metroid yeah, Prime. Yeah, those all make sense and stuff. But then also, it's like. If Kingdoms of Amala Reckoning or even worse, <laughs> SpongeBob, but Battle yeah. for Bikini yeah. Bottom can get a remaster through Embracer, then you can do hell, anything. why are you not doing Shadow Man's two or three? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, just get Night Dive to do yeah, it. They just got bought. Yeah, like they did. Like today. Yeah, it was like a week ago. Oh, was it a week ago? Yeah. Who? Wait, who bought them? Oh, Atari. Atari bought them, oh. yeah. That's a shame. Uh, also, so, well, new Atari. Coming soon from Night Dive Studios. System Shock remake and NFTs. <laughs> and, and a hotel. Speaker hats. Freaking, freaking, freaking Night Trap got a... Uh, uh, Hell yeah, it did. Yeah, it got, it got a... I don't know what... <laughs> it basically, I mean, it got a... Yeah, it got even got... Because the interface was updated. Mm-hmm. 
it was actually made that game more playable. If Night Trap can get <laughs> an update and re-release, Time yeah, Splitters is long overdue. Yeah. Oh uh, my god. Uh, elsewhere, Dam Buster is set to launch Dead uh, Dead Island Two in the next couple weeks. You just played that at PAX. Yeah. yeah you seem to. You seem hot on it. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. No, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Cool. I I I don't think I will pay full price for it, but it looks like That's a lot fair. of fun. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> half the time I wait like three years to play games anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's always a race to the finish. Oh, right? uh, yeah. Uh, Rare survived the Connect era to put out Sea of Thieves and the KI and Battletoads reboots, uh, while also uh, hard at work on Everwild. Um, and uh, reboots, reboots. Uh, a reimagining of uh, Perfect Dark <laughs> is in development. Uh, this handled by both Microsoft's The Initiative and Crystal Dynamics in a curious series of events. Huh? Uh, it was showcased at the 2020 Game Awards and is being touted as the industry's first, quote, quadruple A title. Whatever the fuck that means. What, wait, which title? Uh, Perfect Dark. Yeah, Perfect Dark. Quadruple A. Like AAA, but they spent more money. <laughs> <laughs> I pray it goes well. There's been a share of gossip throughout the scene that it isn't. If you want to pull a semantics argument out? Rockstar's been making quadruple A games for oh, years. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. Them and Naughty Dog. It's, it's quadruple A because it runs on two double A batteries. Yeah. That's it. Uh, but what about our favorite British secret agent, the man himself? Um, well, it was reported in January of 2014 that Telltale Games were expressing interest in taking a crack at it with the with their uh, you know their style their format. Uh, Kevin Bruner, the then president there, was a big Bond person. Uh, a name for this even surfaced later called uh, 007 Solstice. Uh, of course, we know how that would play out when you take into account their implosion in 2018. Uh, They're back. They're coming out with Wolf Among Us 2 in like 2025 or whatever. (laughs) Uh, Within two years of that, um, uh, head of Curve Digital, uh, Dominic Wheatley, uh, would say in 2016 that he was wishing to nab the license for his crew as he thought neither EA or Activision were in the business of promoting non-internal brands anymore. Um, post this, the the idea that uh, the concept of James Bond uh, ever gracing our digital world again appeared dire. That was until November 2020 when Hitman's IO Interactive disclosed that it is indeed them who are going to be behind uh, his triumphant return. Huh? Uh, quote, Project 007 is described as being an origin story with close ties to MGM and Eon Productions. No formal release date yet, but it seems like a good pairing as discussed in our interview. For those maybe in search of something more analogous to what we felt back in 97, uh, indie developer slash publisher Replicant D6 has the cutely named Agent 64, Agents Never Die. Uh, unequivocal inspiration if there ever was, uh, once you see their gameplay and the art style. Um, I believe they are targeting for it to be out this summer. Uh, there is a demo. I briefly spoke on it with uh, Elise as well and our yep. thing at the... It, it does some stuff right and some stuff wrong, in my opinion, and I'll uh, I'll keep my eyes on it. Um, so what about our tuxedo-wearing hero on the silver screen? Uh, our final outing was in fall of 2021 with No Time to Die, yep. uh, this succeeding many lengthy COVID-related delays. Uh, it also marked um, Daniel Craig's last appearance, as it does conclude with the character's death. I haven't a, a seen first, it yet. A first for the canon in, in any, like, yeah, yeah like, uh, the movie was his fifth portrayal total. Uh, it doesn't make him featured in the highest number of entries, but it does make him the longest running time-wise, yeah. 2006 to 2023. 
Uh, I know we mentioned that Pierce, not including everything or nothing, did four altogether, surpassing Timothy Dalton's reign of only two. Uh, Surpassing George Lazenby's one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Yeah. he was one and done. Uh, Brosnan got the techno thrillers, and Dalton got a a Spielbergian war blockbuster, and then a Charles Bronson revenge film. Yeah, Uh, Craig did receive the most um, undeviating narrative, like, consistency in terms yeah. of it. like having explicit sequels that over arced. I think um, that was, I mean, I kind of, I actually pretty, in, pretty much enjoyed that uh, because it's like, listen, you can't make an arc go on forever, but you can make it go on for the actors movies, like have something that ties right. it all together. I mean, there's something, there's a bit of like a charm to the, like the hard reset, but yeah, I, I get what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. Uh, and, and just for reference, Connery and Moore both did seven. Um, yeah. While the, uh, the Brosnan years aren't often commemorated as much as the eras that sandwiched him, uh, let's not forget the noble role he served in onboarding children to the franchise. Uh, hey. Seriously, we got to shed light on the, the brand's resurgence here with the youth. Um, there wouldn't have been so many dang spoofs without that. Three Austin Powers, three Spy Kids, two Johnny Englishes, and uh, Agent Cody Banks. And Agent Cody Banks. Um, and sure, half of those are garbage, but my point is valid. Um, <laughs> Goldeneye helped Bond strike a strong chord. Um, it's it, And who can say where the series would be if Rare hadn't made what they made? Um, and then this is a legacy that continues to ring loud to this day. Yeah. Uh, recently, Respawned Records uh, distributed a vinyl soundtrack translated from the title's original score by Kirk Cope, John Barry, and Monty Norman. Um, the new arrangements themselves were composed and performed by Rich Douglas at his uh, and his studio orchestra. The packaging is also gorgeous. Thank you, Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, and as stated before, if uh, you want to get your club on, the game is available digitally, legally through Nintendo and... Uh, Xbox's subscription services. Outside that, you can always emulate to your heart's content or pick yourself up an N64 card on eBay. Uh, loose goes for around, uh, or, uh, this is about 30 bucks, complete in box uh, at around uh, 80 to 150 depending on condition. The at last, the time of recording. At the time of recording. Yeah, this, these fluctuate wildly. Oh, yeah, no. The yeah. last new copy uh, sold for uh, um, 750 but the last graded one ended at uh, 3060 or hit up Matt. He has two copies. I, I, I have two copies as well. Yeah. Oh, damn, I only have one. <laughs> yeah, get on it, Slacking. Man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the remaining staff members that I didn't already cover, uh, Mark Edmonds, who was project lead on Perfect Dark, stayed at Rare for 20 years. He's now at Smilegate Barcelona, the Korean company behind Crossfire, the, yeah. quote, most played video game in the world by player count. Um, okay. Somehow. Uh, I hope he wasn't on X. It was woof. Listen, <laughs> like... Korean gaming is its own, like, it's its own like, yeah. world. It's <laughs> yeah. insane. <laughs> and for those uh, who perhaps who, who not in the know or unfamiliar, it's a Counter-Strike uh, yeah. knockoff. Carl Hilton is a studio head at Lockwood, makers of Avakin Life, a virtual social networking app with more than a million daily users, uh, some of which dress their avatars in Bond attire as a tribute to him. Cool. Um Brett Jones builds 3D models for movies and television with his work seen in Doctor Who, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, The Mummy, not sure if the 2015 one, uh, Fantastic Beasts and The Fast and the Furious. Uh, As of this writing, he is an asset supervisor on Amazon's adaptation of uh, Anansi Boys by Neil Gaiman. Oh, yeah. Um, Also, he is the overseer or MC of the Sci-Fi Ball, an annual three-day convention that has been in operation for a quarter century. Wow. And an event that Doke enjoys attending. Oh, nice. Yeah, the Star Trek is, you know, still deep in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Duncan Botwood still puts on his Omega Seamaster watch every morning and carried forth his motion capture and uh, and, uh, voice acting 
like career, those skills. Um, he was Andross in Star Fox Adventures. Whoa. <laughs> oh, man. Hopefully this didn't come as, uh, with as much uh, shit-kicking uh, this guy. <laughs> um, no, the only shit-kicking going on in that game was... <laughs> Which the is best, the best Star Fox. I just want to point out. Okay, so I love these two extremes. I would just like to point out too. Uh, Andros does not appear in that game until you face him as the hidden final boss. Uh, really? So it's like it's like the last like ten minutes of the game. <laughs> what Maybe, a phenomenal video game! You know what? Is. I might be misremembering it, Christmas. but I just remember it was one of those games where it was very obvious that Andros was like like an afterthought. Yeah, I yeah. can't even say shoehorn because that makes you it can't seem have like a Starbucks game without Andros. I mean, he literally was shoehorned because yeah, it wasn't it, a Starbucks game. Yeah, for yeah well, it's like it's not. Of its, it's not like he was even drilled into the narrative. It was literally felt like it was literally the game ended, then it was tacked on, tacked yeah. on at the end. It was that was, bon- a, it was what a game. It was bonkers. Oh. Phenomenal. Uh, later, he did join <sighs> Ubisoft as an associate level director. His work can be seen on uh, Splinter Cell Blacklist, Assassin's Creed Unity, and Far Cry Primal. Yeah. Um, the relocation for this may have caused distance between him and his old rareware buddies, but that doesn't stop him from traveling to, to get the occasional beer with them. Addie Smith is a uh, a game art lecturer at Falmouth uh, University. Is it Falmouth? Falmouth? Yes. Okay, sorry. Um, he keeps a tight relationship. Falmouth is a great band name. <laughs> Falmouth. <laughs> he keeps a tight relationship with his passion for the craft to support his students. Uh, Dr. Doak is raising his family in Norfolk and teaches classes at the uh, Norwich College of the Arts. He also still repeatedly engages with the GoldenEye community yeah. and is uh, back in the lab again on VR uh, and, and those proteins, you know, yeah. he started. Doke is, uh, he is essentially the mascot of that game yeah, now because truly. he's very engaged in Twitter. <laughs> uh, people still regularly send him screenshots of his character getting shot in the dick. Uh <laughs> And Goldeneye, and he 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 likes and comments on everyone. He Beautiful. like he's a good sport about that's it. That's how you leave your mark. On that is, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's it. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mr. Ken Lobb is a creative director at Microsoft and is as excited as ever for his life there. Um, Austin, apparently, he is a huge Halo guy. No, um, yeah, that's probably why. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's smart. <laughs> All smart people are huge Halo guys. Uh, Steve Ellis, however, sticks uh, to his Fortnite sessions, inviting Doke and his son to their squad. Um, as stated, he was in uh, iOS development until the recent reformation of Free Radical. Uh, Kirk Cope lives in L.A. as a U.S. citizen. Uh, this, too, is a family man. He is a freelance musician, composing many iconic uh, soundtracks into the 2020s, even yeah. like uh, including ukulele and songs for uh, Super, Smash, uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Yeah, um, and, and uh, Mario and Rabbids. Oh yeah, right. Did yeah, I, did I, did yeah. I already? Re- I think you I reco- you, show, you pulled up some tracks. Uh, I, think I, re- I, think I, reco- I think I I think I recollected that on the last episode. No, so. I did. Oh, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, he was. Wasn't he the first non-Japanese composer to work on a Smash Brothers game? I believe. Yes, I believe. Yeah, I think so. I gotta say, I I have a a deep deep love of his work. He's awesome. I, he's got to be. My favorite video game or composer. No, you recollected the Rabbids yeah. thing. I recollected the fact that he worked on Kingdoms of Amalur. That's yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I told that story. Yeah, as a follow up to that story, I, well, if you hadn't heard it before, I thought his I thought his music has been plagiarized by the game, and then saw this, him, yeah. and then <laughs> saw his name in the credits, and was like, oh, but I like showed I showed here. you the side by side of the one. It was the mid-boss battle music, and you're like, okay, yeah. And then yeah. I, I played the Freeze Easy Peak music, and it's instantaneously <laughs> like, like mm-hmm. you, you play them side by side, and it's like, oh yeah, you can, you can. You're hear allowed to look within yourself for inspiration. No, that, no, 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 that is no, no, that's 
that yes, that is absolutely. Oh, yeah, listen, yeah. listen, can you imagine like it's like I wasn't like, saying you were like yeah, yeah. no, no, no. That. It was just funny. It's like can you imagine just being like like listening to like a Nirvana like a Nirvana album being like this sounds way too much like Nirvana like just like yeah. <laughs> well, of course, what happened yeah, when like, that, that song in two thousand four came out, the unused one that got like remastered. The you know you're right, and you're like this is uh, yeah yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, he peaked. With the pause music and Golden Eye, <laughs> <laughs> no. it's best work. It's <laughs> so good. I, I do, I do, do still love the fact that it, it like it warms my heart that he, uh, he's still doing yeah. video game music mm-hmm. and still, and it's like not even like not even like smaller projects. It's like he's hitting the major and AAA like and releases. Super enthusiastic. Oh about yeah, yeah, yeah. He loves it. As well. yeah. Uh, yeah. Coincidentally, he even wrote for another Pierce Brosnan vehicle in 2022 with the uh, with uh, Sean McNamara's The King's Daughter. He did return to his GoldenEye tracks for other outings and remixes. Uh, Graham Norgate went to write uh, for um, uh, or music for Diddy Kong Racing, Jet Force Gemini, and Perfect oh, yeah. Dark. Great yeah. stuff. Uh, before heading to Free Radical and then um, Lockwood Publishing with Hilton as their main audio, uh, yeah, in, their I, audio in their main audio position. To um, to give him credit as well, Graham Norgate uh, is also. It's like if Kirk Hope's number one, Norgate. It's like yeah. it might be close to number two just because right for, uh, Time Splitters, the oh, soundtrack, it's, it's, they're wonderful, is dynamite. Yeah, it is dynamite. That's why I loved the his perfect star. It's all like spooky and weird. Like it's yeah. it's very like uh like you know Nar agent like yeah yeah. And despite the spreading out across the globe, the crew are closely in touch, uh, catching up and laughing with one another on group Zoom calls for regular carry nights. Then once Corona restrictions were were lightened, they'd share an in-person toast at the bar. Wow. Uh, a sweet gesture to what brought them together in the first place. Did they go back to that same nightclub? With the launch party? No, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I, oh, I, I don't think they, I, just could, <laughs> I just couldn't get over the fact that it's like you invited a bunch of humble British programmers to a nightclub in New York City. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> It was all the stars are here. Yeah, exactly. Um, Except for the developers. <laughs> well, that was like the story you told me about the the perfect dark launch party where Jeff Gersman it was it was <laughs> yeah. in the middle of like a rave and they just put N sixty fours in the middle of the dance floor and he just sat there and beat all of perfect dark the whole game while the- people were getting drunk and dancing around him. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. No, are you? Sa- yeah. yeah. Okay, you know what? I want to hear the rest of that story. But yeah. Let's, yeah. Um, but that, my fellow podcasters, is the. I think we've recounted everything. That that is Goldeneye 007. For now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> An astonishing feat from a crack team of clever, unexperienced, quote-unquote amateur designers and artists who went above and beyond to create an essential slice of gaming history and 90s pop culture. Uh, it was kind of, it was the Goldeneye episode, but it's also a vehicle for Rare as well. Yeah, no, you're right. Like, um, And Bond. <laughs> Just like, and Bond so much. and Free Radical yeah. and... I'm knocking out a lot of birds with one stone here. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. this is a uh, man. This is like <laughs> comprehensive. This it, is it brought first-person shooters to the home console and to the couch with your friends, paving the road for Half-Life, Medal of Honor, Thief, Halo, and Call of Duty. Risky novelties such as scoped or silenced weapons and hit-based detection, mission structure, AI, stealth mechanics, storytelling—they all became industry standards. Uh, the cheap Dune clones lost their flair for a while. Even today, it's frequently cited on best-of-all-time lists. Uh, in 2011, it was presented inside of the Arts and Games exhibit at the American Smithsonian in Washington, D.C. by Public Poll. And in 2020, was one of 12 titles inducted into the Strong Museum's Video Game Hall of Fame in Rochester, New York. Um, for many, its impact represents a rite of passage into adulthood, a ritual of our, our past at parties and sleepovers, often the very 
you know, our very first leap into the FPS genre after growing up as committed Nintendo kids. A memory of this life-changing moment that brought us closer with each other, figuratively and literally. Didn't matter if you were technically savvy or not, GoldenEye was welcoming. If its film saved the property, then the game solidified its coolness, serving as a gateway drug to encourage those affected to check out what else James Bond had to offer. Uh, its legacy is more than just what is on that great cartridge. Um, and it, it's, it is also crazy to think back to that time of being like, shooters are dom are, are a very dominant genre in video games. Yeah. More so. Particularly like, in the competitive, yeah. Space, the competitive but. now, single player in the 2010s, mid 2000s. Yeah. But like that, like obviously Doom existed, obviously Wolfenstein, Quake, like all that stuff. But it's just like the amount of people who played GoldenEye and was like, oh, this kid. Like, cause yeah. like we all had N64s and it, yeah, it was like the platform of the platform of platformers, it, it's, right? It's what inspired me to look back. You know, it's like yeah. I, after I played GoldenEye is when, you know, I, I, I checked out Doom and Wolfenstein mm -hmm, and yeah. Quake. Like the, those came after for me. It know, was, um, yeah. I mean, I guess to, I mean, to, to add on to that, it's like, um, you know, you play video games as a kid to entertain yourself, but there was a distinct point. And I guess maybe like high school, maybe like freshman, sophomore year where it was like you then you discover video games. And one of the one of the things I did was I rebeat a lot of games as a kid. Goldeneye was one of them. And it's yeah. like it's one of those games that solidified in my memory as it's not just a childhood game, but it's like I rediscovered it as an adult. And it's like even though it's like, you know, it didn't. But it's, you know, it, it made me like fall for gaming in a way that, yeah. you know, I didn't know was possible. It's like and I and I grew up, you know, very, very closely attached to games before then. You know, it's like Mario Brothers 3 and, and Tetris were like, you know, like it's and but it's yeah. Goldeneye was definitely um, more like, I guess, a representative of my my like, I guess, like. Going into my preteen year, like you know, it's it's, and you know, it's I, I know I'm stumbling over my words, but like I love Goldeneye. Like it, it goes without saying, just how special doing this topic was to me. Um, this script alone is probably the most I've ever written on anything. Wow, not and, even okay. <laughs> are you saying that this beats your Tetris script? Because I feel like that is. I like, don't know. They they've they've got to be close. Tetris was four episodes. That's what I'm saying. It's Tetris like, was four episodes, but this is. I, these might be more time per episode. I yeah. haven't edited them yeah, all yet, right. but like, yeah, this just means I got to get a golden eye tattoo to match my Tetris one. Yo, um, you know what? It would fit you. Yeah. yeah. Don't worry. When we do a smash brothers or rock band, one, it's going to be 20 parts <laughs> Edit that Austin. Yeah. Um, but we I, actually, uh, we're, we're on... Oh no, I hate rock band and smash brothers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a, a one episode's just going to be you doing the ultimate set list. There's no, no talking. Yeah. That's it. Uh, and I, I couldn't have done it without um, you both and uh, Elise Noor. So one uh, last sincere thanks to her and the devs who sat down with her. Yep. Um, I am endlessly, endlessly grateful for the opportunity we had to conduct that interview and cannot wait uh, for you all to hear it too. Yes. Big um, shout out and thanks to Elise as well. She probably provided a lot of the material for these podcasts. For sure. And uh, yeah. and I, I mean, she was our my main like, source of like almost all she, of you this, almost like. and it's like and i think it's funny and uh i i joke that it's just like she essentially wrote the novel form or the book form of your podcast and you're writing the podcast form of her book <laughs> yeah. and it's like she it's almost funny that she has the same hallmark of 
wanting to have every like a comprehensive story, all the details in one place, and that is exactly what you guys strive for. I, yeah. I was so like honored, like it was very endearing when you, when I think Austin mentioned one point. You're like, there's probably nobody else on the planet besides the people who made it that know more about this game than Elise, but you're probably a cl- you're a close mm-hmm. second. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, right. yeah. <laughs> now, um, I, and to add on to that, it, it was fun to bring the interview to hot button. Cause I've done, you know, interviews before for various things. Mm-hmm. It was probably, that one was of the, a joy. It was probably yeah. one of the coolest interviews I've ever done. And I've done some cool interviews. Like I don't want to like rank them or anything. Yeah. But no, I mean, like, she's yeah. listening to us now. We were riding that high, you know, yeah, like it was, it, it was, it, I compared it to like when you're in a band, you play a killer show and you're just like glowing after. Yeah, but. no, that's it. And it's, um, you know, it, it's like, you know, I, I did a lot of, I've done a lot of journalism and reporting before, it was cool bringing that to you guys and being able to do that with you and had, had a great time, honestly. Yeah. So, and yeah. we wouldn't be doing this now if it wasn't yeah. for, yeah. You, you know, like if it wasn't for you uh, taking the initiative on that. So, and know. I helped. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you think any of us would know how to work any of the equipment in this room if it wasn't for you? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, but I'm proud of Hot Button and us. This was awesome. And it only signifies what more, uh, of there is to come because we're back fucking back boys we'll be back and until next time how about those plugs i'm I'm emotional specific plug (laughs) tune in to our next episode after this one to hear the interview with elise um spoilers great context to everything if you're you're really bad at uh reading comprehension or listening comprehension we did the interview before we did this we did i'm glad we did i think that that worked but we waited till the end to release it so yes please tune in it's a great interview listen to that uh if you want to know when that's going to come out tune into our socials twitter instagram facebook at hot button cast yeah, and if you want to listen to more, all the episodes we've brought up, or yeah, we've been, yeah, this, this is, crossed over with a lot. This is episode ninety nine of Hot Button. Woo! Oh shit! And our that's next, right. our next episode after the interview will be episode one hundred. Yes. And I said this, I said <laughs> this in the interview with Elise, but I'll repeat it here. <laughs> When we started Hot Button, it started out as a, a Google Doc of potential topics, yeah. and number two was GoldenEye, <laughs> yeah. and there was only one topic that was added to the list before GoldenEye, and it was the 100th episode, and I'm not going to spoil it, the greatest but it story is a great all. story, <laughs> yeah. and it's going to be a long one, but we're not splitting it into multiple parts, because it oh, has to be yeah. episode no, 100, we're, we're and only one episode 100. Yep. <laughs> um, so yeah, keep an eye out for that, uh, and... Many more episodes at our website, hotbuttoncast.com. Also, all your feeds, Spotify, to iTunes, the podcast services. Check out Elise's stuff. Yep. I was going to just check out yeah. Elise's book on Boss Fight Books and also her book on Mario. To Mario Brothers Brother Strange. Which Mar- we will I've probably. Got, it's sitting on my counter right now. Yeah, Andy's going to read that. I'm sure that'll want to make him want to do an episode on that. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and then, yeah. Thanks, it was cathartic to get all this out of my brain. I couldn't start that. Like, I, like I was waiting on that book thank first. You. <laughs> but to, yeah. to everybody for listening and to, yeah. to you guys what, for like doing all the research. Ago, and <laughs> thank you to future me for editing all this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think, I think this episode really took, I don't think I have a single unsaid thought about GoldenEye. Every story, every. <laughs> you like, say that and, now and then we're going to go. <laughs>
the year 2050. Well, welcome uh, back to our fourth GoldenEye uh, episode. Why didn't we point out that the Phantom is only in the frigate level? Yeah, it makes uh, yeah, no, no sense. We had to do it. We, uh, this is addendums? Uh, all right, yeah. so ranking of all the shooter campaigns. Number one, Halo <laughs> 1. Number two, Titanfall 2. No, I'm just kidding. All right. Uh, um, yeah, thank you. Yep. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs>